The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to planestalkerspodcast.com. Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel. We're proud members of the Planeswalkers Podcasting Network. And we're here to not 3-0 Pioneer Nights and talk some magic. How are you doing today, Matt? Uh, good enough. Uh, got some reasonably good news. I uh, am no longer currently Anyway, on your, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm super excited today to invite... Yep. Oh, we have a Screw guest coming too, on. <laughs> uh, a, a big fan of the show. And actually a fan of mine. I love watching him on the Legacy Pit quite often. Uh, we have Jameson. Jameson Helfrick from the Legacy Pit and from many other things, but prominently where I know him from. How are you doing, Jameson? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? Good. Uh, my buddy actually got to quit his job recently. Yeah, so <laughs> back to that. <laughs> Uh, my last day was a uh, Saturday. Uh, we didn't really, we haven't really talked about where I work, and I'm still not going to bring it up because uh, Jake still works there. But uh, we both worked at the play- same place. I put in my notice a couple weeks ago, about three weeks ago at this point, and uh, yeah, so I start my new job in two weeks. So I've got like two weeks of just relaxing and playing mm-hmm. video games and playing magic and expect it's... the next few podcasts to actually have a happy mat. Yeah, not a content mat. Dude, I hadn't. I don't want to talk this whole time, but this is something I, I like realized it when I left uh, Sage's shop. So I was driving home, and normally when I play Magic in public, I'm like a little anxious, and like my hands shake and shit. Just your yeah. like residual anxiety. Yeah, and I left, and I was like, I wasn't nervous at all. <laughs> it you, was like you also don't have to work again, <laughs> right? Well, I, yeah, that's because like when I uh, would play, I would have to leave and immediately go to work because like mm-hmm. every day would be effectively a split shift for me. Yep. Um, and I was just like, I don't have all this built up stress. I just went and played, you know, a few games of Magic and had a good time and went home. Like it was such a novel feeling for me. So I was that's really awesome. happy about that. Very cool. Well, now that Matt's done running his mouth, uh, yep. Jameson. I'm going to log out for now. I'll see yeah, you guys next Yeah, it's fine. Uh, me, uh, me and James can handle it. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Uh, what format you like to play? What decks you like to play? Uh, your favorite podcast? Just ha- you know, by happenstance, if that comes up, is fine. Everyday Eternal. <laughs> it's a really good podcast, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eternal Dirtles is way better. Uh, I've been playing Magic since uh, round about fifth edition uh, here and there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I started in aftercare in elementary school, um, and then it just kept me out of doing, getting into, you know, more trouble yep. uh, than I probably would have gotten into otherwise. Uh, I've been playing competitive magic since uh, the release of Scourge roundabout, um, and boy was I bad at magic back then. And let me tell you, I have not gotten any better uh, <laughs> since then. Yep. Um, I, I was yeah. going to say, I wish I could say I used to be bad at magic. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, but I still am. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was like one time I tried to make a run at, at the 1700 rating and under the old ELO system, and I hit it briefly in the middle of an FNM, and then I like <laughs> lost my last two matches and fell <laughs> back out of 1700. And I just was like, you sit it. down at <laughs> round four, you sit down, and you're like, you're pa- you're matched up against somebody with 1700, and then boom. Yep, <laughs> not, not anymore. anymore. You're not. <laughs> I wish it was that, like, you know, if we could go back to that system, then they could have it, like, in the companion app. That'd be kind of sweet. But, like, I didn't know until after, and I, like, had to go and look at my profile because I was grinding for it. And then that's when I got the news that I, like, in round three, I hit 1703, and then round four and five tanked my rating. And I was like, oh, man. 
If you I should have dropped in round four and retired. Say, if I didn't know that, I just dropped him out. <laughs> you're on top, retire while you're ahead. <laughs> yep. I'm done right. with magic, guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so m- mostly Legacy Grinder. Um, I've been playing like Legacy since uh, uh, 2015. Um, although I took a two-year break there. Um, so I missed uh, a lot of them. I, well, I took a four-year break, actually, but um, I did play briefly during quarantine because, I mean... What else did you have to do? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I built a PC and started streaming for a little bit, and uh, oh, yeah, nice. Uh, and that was the Oko meta, and it was miserable, and so I decided to play other computer games instead. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Seems reasonable. Yeah, um, I think I think a lot of people did. Yeah, except Jake. Jake was tickled pink. <laughs> I loved playing. I loved Oko mirrors. They were so much fun for me. Really? I enjoy them. I, are, yeah, are you I enjoyed... a human being, or are you an alien from a, from another planet? He's just yeah, a psycho. My my fun is wrong. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yes. When it comes to Oko, yes. <laughs> yes. Objectively, you're incorrect. <laughs> yep. And now you're not allowed to do it anymore, so I guess we were right. I guess, yeah. In the great scheme of things, my fun was wrong. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nowadays, um, actually, now that they brought back the, uh, the, the competitive grind, uh, I've been grinding RCQs a little bit, um, which has not been... Uh, a great experience for me so far. Um, yep. It's been interesting uh, because without the gravy train, all the old pros are like grinding with you. So like I got paired up in the X2 bracket against Alex Majelton, whom I've known for 20 years and used to be a pro tour grinder. So, uh, and then he crushed me because I yep. am not as good as magic as he is. Um, it's the worst feeling ever when you're like, oh man, I just gotta, if I can just keep it going, it's fine. And you see your opponent and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> That's exactly Reed Rabbit? Was. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my pairing and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So that's uh, that's been an interesting experience. The store was really dope. Um, that was that was a cool thing. They're relative. They they just moved to a new location. Um, and it's like they got a bar there and stuff. It was wild. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. What format was the RCQ? It was Pioneer. Um, and I was trying out um, this really ridiculous uh, Metalwork Colossus deck uh, that you may have seen memeing around Twitter. Um, and I managed to win to one, round one, but uh, the rest of the day was not quite so successful. Metalwork Colossus, huh? Let's take a look. Let's... Yeah, I haven't actually seen that deck. Yeah, so it's an 11 mana artifact creature. It's a 10 10. Uh, it costs X less to cast, where X is the total mana value of your non-creature artifacts. Uh, and then I think you can sacrifice two artifacts to return it to your hand from your graveyard. Um, and so it basically uses that with, as you'd imagine, a bunch of non-creature artifacts, but specifically Brass Knuckles, uh, which is a new equipment from Streets of New Capenna. It's a four mana equipment that when you cast it, you copy it. Mm-hmm. And then it's oh, like so equipped one. That. And as long as the equipped creature has two or more equipment, it has double strike. So like you cast brass knuckles you copy it and that's eight mana value of non-creature yeah, artifacts that's and then clever. you can just like cast your metalwork colossus for free um, i was trying to think like there's not a lot of like there's not a lot of like good cheap efficient artifacts to be playing in pioneer i wouldn't think but... not a whole lot um but you do have wedding invitation uh which is a reader that every time i cast it it's a two mana artifact uh cantrips when it enters and then you can tap sack it to make target creature uh unblockable this turn oh nice. shit so you just suit up your Metalwork Colossus, give it double strike, give your 10-10 double strike and make it unblockable and just kill them. Yeah, nice. 
And then you get have the Sanctum of Ugin, so you can get multiple Colossuses. There's a couple equipment that give it haste, and you kind of fill in the gaps there. Cool. That's yeah. actually really cool. I love that. Like, Metalwork Colossus is obviously terrifying, but it's a 10-10. And it, it's a 10-10. And Pioneer is a, creature, is a creature meta. It's a creature format. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like the uh, Tarmogoyf problem, where it doesn't matter if your Tarmogoyf's a 6-7. I, I can throw a 1-1 in front of it all day. It doesn't have any evasion. Right. But you give it double strike. <laughs> and unblockable. And unblockable. Yeah. And there's a, there's another equipment called uh, Haunted. Cl- it's a, just a bunch of draft chaff. It's literally just like hallowed fountains, and henge gate pathways, and which is the the dual faced uh, blue white land, and then just like draft chaff. <laughs> like, yeah, Haunted Cloak so... is like three mana gives trample, vigilance, and haste, and equips for one, and that's three mana towards your Colossus, right? <laughs> <laughs> what what a really funny spot to be in where you aren't prioritizing the most efficient or the cheapest equipment because it has to kind of, yeah. like you need the CMC you want of the your casting equipment. cost high and the equip cost low yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you have cool. to strike yeah. a balance because that's the thing actually I found was that I had a lot of extra mana hanging around uh, so I'm trying to I put I'm trying to renovate the deck and put some more one drops into it and I'm talking with the uh, deck creators right now giving them some feedback mm. on the reps I got. Uh, they were all at, um, I think they were all at the NRG this weekend, so uh, they didn't get a chance to play it. That's pretty cool. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to definitely go, we can go a little deeper into that. We usually do, if you want to stick around, after our episodes when we do Patreon stuff, we always kind of fill the time with whatever. We might maybe do like a deep dive on this Pioneer deck and how you how you did with it. We, yeah, sure. You know what we should do? We should just, we should do a um, a tournament report. That'd be so much fun. Of my tournament? Sure. Yes, of your tournament. Uh, your games. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fun. I love hearing people. I, I hope you recorded your matches, sir. <laughs> you I guess if you don't remember them, now, were only if you don't remember them, them. Yep. <laughs> I sure hope I'm not putting you on the spot. That'd be a, that'd be unfortunate. No, Breaking yeah, I can news. talk. I, you can get me to talk for hours about my my matches, man. So let, yeah, we can save that for the patrons. We have a match made in heaven. There we go. <laughs> All right. Um, I haven't done anything. I still work at the same place I work at. Yeah, it's uh, we ended up having it was kind of crazy. So where I work, it's a, it's a relatively small company owned by a couple, basically a couple brothers, and they're not like very good friends of mine. But I like they're I'm, Matt's a very good friend. They're a pretty good friend. They're good people. And we learned on Saturday, the day Matt is quitting, that they sold the company. They ended up they had they had someone come in. A couple new guys came in. They bought the company, and they're going to be managing it and taking care of everything. So. I learned that my friend is leaving. Uh, I ended up, I have told some people, I was looking at getting a job as a vet assistant at a local college. I learned that isn't going to happen. And then I learned that I have a new boss and there's a completely, there's a complete restructuring going on of, uh, I also learned that the job I was going to apply for since Matt was leaving doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've yep. had, it has, and like, all this you got to uh, keep in mind, Jake hates change, and I'm not trying to be, like, more than anything. throw shade at you. He really does not. Jake loves stability. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, like, everything at so, work. Is so Matt jumped off the Titanic, and Jake is in the boiler room. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Just, just trying to shovel coal. Just trying to pretend something's still normal. I mean, like, to give you perspective, so... We I work for a delivery company. I deliver packages. One of the things we do is at a lot of delivery companies will leave stickers on your door. Hey, if you weren't here, um, they one day they changed the stickers and made them like three inches shorter, and it ruined my fucking month. I was so angry <laughs> that they changed because they were they were they just keep he had changing. to reach further into his pocket, and it annoyed him. <laughs> it literally gave me hangnails. I know <laughs> it was it was painful, and everyone makes fun of me because I hate change. I 
legitimately am not a fan of change, but uh, I'm just having to live with it because everything in my life is changing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a little uh, bit of immersion therapy. Jake. Yeah. Okay. No <laughs> it's like uh, I got into rock climbing because I was kind of scared of heights, and yeah, not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore scared of heights. But I haven't really done much. Uh, we had Pioneer go on mo- yesterday. Matt got to come. Uh, we actually had nobody 3-0. We only had like six people show up. It was a really quiet day. Uh, me and Matt both went 2-1. Uh, my crappy Goblins deck and his meta deck that he plays. He's fucking playing a <laughs> Tier 1 deck, and we're all like, I'm playing Rakdos Super Friends. I built Goblins. Play a Boros Heroic. <laughs> what, it's probably like a non-land rare in the deck. Probably like 8% of the meta. <laughs> That's not even close. That describes anyway. like 90% of Popper decks. I guess that's true. It's basically a fucking popper deck. It is it is very <laughs> close to a popper point. deck. It's probably an artisan deck. We say it's an artisan deck. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's scary good though. Yeah. It's it's the biggest thing with me is Boros Heroic is just a lot of fun. Yeah. So like it's the games are I almost never get blown out because there's just that top deck potential that the mm-hmm. deck has and it's uh it's just a lot of fun to play. So I love it. It's only seven percent of the meta, sir. Suck it. That is the nice thing about our little pioneer meta is there's not a whole lot of meta decks. Yeah, yeah. So last night it was one six of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, but but like, no one. There isn't a bunch of like Lotus Field and Azorius Control and Mono Green Stompy. It's like there's a like a, like one of our friends runs Rakdos Super Friends. I run Goblins. Wait, the uh, the dude last night he built some Simic Ramp deck that played Olamog. <laughs> oh, just, is that what I was trying to kill him before he cast? Gotcha. Yeah, he was trying to race to an Olamog. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so, like, there's just tons of fun stuff we get to play, and I really enjoy our little pioneer scene. But other than that, I haven't done a whole lot. I've been kind of, kind of trying to keep my feet underneath me with the, as the like everything changed in my life. I have the same job. I make the same amount of money. I work the same hours. Yeah, but like nothing a lot actually of, changed. A lot of periphery yeah. has changed. But what hasn't changed is how much we appreciate our patrons. Segways. So if you guys ever want to support the podcast in a very direct way, which means a lot to Matt and I, I don't know if Jameson cares, but eh. Nope. Uh, you can <laughs> head over know. to Cantrip or uh, <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Cantrip Cartel. I don't have to edit you in. <laughs> <laughs> this could just be, be weird. This could be a really weird episode. Uh <laughs> But I do want to give a shout out to all of our patrons. We have Emperor, who takes care of getting our posts up on Reddit every single week. We've got Ramblin' Rogue, Derek Ashley with the Family Gathering Podcast, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, and our newest patron at that Force the Issue tier, Nate. So we've already got Nate into the Discord. He's chatting away. Uh, he hasn't used his Force the Issue yet, but he or she or they. Um, but I'm excited. To, we're excited to uh, welcome them to the family and talk bullshit about them and make some really cool Star Trek memes. Yeah. Because... Uh, when I saw that, I was like, "I uh, that that's one of those names that's like because his name is the Borg." Yeah, and I was like, "That's like a subtle enough name that if you didn't really watch, uh, is is it a new Star Trek? I guess is the no, Borg it, in uh, new Star was, Trek? I believe the Borg first showed up in the Next Generation. I know uh, where it the started. Borg showed yeah. up in uh, <laughs> season one, episode one of the Next Generation. Yeah, yeah. but I like, think. is it? Is no, it, it was in... it was the second appearance of Q. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm saying is though, would it's like does new Star Trek have the Borg? I don't know if they do or not. Uh, yes. Well, it depends on what you mean by new Star Trek. The Star Trek Picard, uh, the Borg Queen, is a main character, and that's not a spoiler. She literally shows up in the first like ten minutes. Of oh, the show. okay. I haven't seen Picard. Is, do they ally with the the uh, Federation? They better not. That'd be awesome. Uh. It's complicated. You should watch it. Okay. That's <laughs> fair fair. That's maybe maybe I'll actually watch a TV show and I'll come back next week and spoil it for everybody. Dude, you guys should definitely check this out. Picard dies. <laughs> Worf takes over. Where the fuck? Uh, Jesus. 
<laughs> the other people we want to thank is the Plain Soccer's podcast. They are our mothership show. Uh, we appreciate them helping us get started. Uh, Will and Aramis put on a great show every Monday and Wednesday. Monday is their Everything You Need to Know About Standard podcast. That's going to be live on twitch.tv forward slash Plain Soccer's podcast. You can also listen to it pretty much anywhere. If you're listening to us, you're on a website or a podcatcher that has them. And then Wednesdays, they're Commander Craft. They play live Commander. Same Twitch. Their Discord, discord.playingsoccerspodcast.com, is a super hot place to go and just kind of chat about literally every format. They have tons of games. They're always doing pickup games for Pioneer, for Leg- or not for Legacy right now, but always Pioneer, always Commander. They're always trying to get pickup games going. Uh, Will actually got a really cool bot that, like, you put a command in looking for games, and then once everyone, like, like slash join, it creates the match and sends you the link. Oh, nice. So like it just creates all of it for you, which is super cool. But yeah. huge shout out to them. We appreciate them helping us get going. Uh, before we get started, Jameson, you said you used to stream. Do you still stream? Do you have anything you want to plug or shout out? I do not still stream. Uh, but Lame. Uh, you can find my Twitch profile at like, I think it's like the underscore whiskey, uh, which is also my Twitter handle. Uh, and I, you can find me on the Legacy Pit. Uh every now and then i'm not every week uh anymore because i got a lot going on but um i show up there uh, when i can um and really enjoy uh spending time with a lot of my friends out there i, I was it turns out that i was friends with like 75 percent of the pit already before i oh, knew just, what it was so like <laughs> you just fell into the pit <laughs> yep. yeah huh? oh, i was still like trying to... i haven't been out to the pit and and uh i was at a weekly with ryan and, and kevin uh brenneman and they were like do you want to be and i was like yes and they were like all right <laughs> yeah i've seen you there a bunch of times now yeah it's like you're one of those like you kind of just popped up and uh now you're just there all the time which is really cool because you do yeah. good you're you're fun to watch play some people aren't as much fun to watch <laughs> that that baron house kid he's always trying to make burn work and man it's rough yeah well now he's trying to make blue burn work aka eight cast <laughs> that's better yeah yeah, uh, I don't think we ever talked about. It. I guess before we get started, um, did you say what decks you play in Legacy? Yeah, right now I'm I'm an A cast main. Uh, I have yeah. uh, Delver is sort of my fallback uh, for when Boo. there's like proxyable events. Uh, that's how I grew up playing Legacy. Um, the first tournament I ever actually won was with a tempo oriented fairies pre Bitter Blossom, uh, and so I just loved. I just fell in love with tempo after that. So that's why I've been playing Delver ever since. Um, gotcha. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. So uh, it's been pretty great. Uh, Matt, have I forgotten anything? Are you ready to wrap this up? <laughs> That's, I've seen the challenge results. We don't need any more Delver in the world. and I don't need. To, I am not here to be endorsing Delver players. We're both basically pseudo-Delver players. <laughs> but no, though. I was curious. I mean, we were chatting a little bit, and I went uh, just in case anyone was curious because I'm. That's like that's like the first thing everyone asks when you're like, "Oh, I play Magic" or "I play Legacy," especially like when you're in college. What's your major? Right. You play Legacy. What What deck do you play? Right. Yeah. I want to know if I need to hate you or not. Uh huh. <laughs> and the I think the eight cast is very redeeming. Eight cast to it's, me, it's like cool. if you look at the D and D alignment chart, is like neutral good in my opinion. <laughs> I feel like yeah. eight cast is. I actually would look at it more of. Uh, D and D classes, and if you look at D and D classes, uh, A cast is the barbarian. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's very I, fair. I've actually yep. been been thinking about this a lot recently. A cast is actually as close as we're ever going to see uh, of a of an aggro deck in Legacy mm-hmm. ever again. Uh, yeah. It fills that role. I've played a lot of aggro in my time. It plays exactly like that. Um, you're sometimes victim to to your draws. Um, you know, you have to mulligan aggressively. You have to hit things on curve. 
it's an aggro deck, but you just have to have the chalice and the force to be able to hang with the the combo decks and all the broken stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the last decks that legitimately wins in the red zone. Yeah, and especially those like those huge. Um, I guess I don't know how often do you have those like Psy Thopter attack outs, or is it do you really win off the back of uh, your Turtle Boy? Oh, I've almost never won with Psy tokens. Um, it's it's usually it's almost always Kappa Cannoneer or uh, Saga tokens. Saga tokens are Saga's insane in eight cast to the point where like yeah, I, I play it I play against Saga in other decks and I'm like, how big is your construct? It's a one one. How is it only a one one? <laughs> Used to them being nine yeah. nines. <laughs> right. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot when Saga reads pay two tap make a nine nine. <laughs> I guess it does get a little better. Yep. Yeah. Well, tell you speaking of legacy, Matt, how is legacy looking? Uh, so this whole weekend, if you're not a fan of Blue Red Delver, you're not gonna have a good time. Yeah. If you are, uh, so I was looking at it. So there were there was a showcase challenge, two regular challenges, and then we had an NRG series 5K, and every single one of them had at least Delver. Uh, Blue Red Delver was at least like 22, 23 percent of the meta of yeah. the results that we got. Mm-hmm. So uh, not great as far as the meta goes. Um, then we've got a showcase challenge to talk about today, um, and then uh. Jameson said he wanted to bring some stuff up, up bring some stuff up about the uh, NRG Series 5K. So, uh, just to kick it off, uh, big surprise, Blue Red Devil won, and <laughs> it got second as well. <laughs> so, so no matter uh, who won the final match, we all lost. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now. All the uh, Delver fanboys are probably going to sit here and go, well, they're totally different decks. The winner had Ledger Shredder. <laughs> and the guy who got second was <laughs> DRC and Delver. But uh, I I know that there's distinctions between these decks. Mm-hmm. They play differently. These, to me, I don't... As far as the metagame goes, I don't consider yep. them different decks. I'll, uh, I'd like to quote um, a very intelligent person on our Discord. Uh, I was joking about how, like, oh, you know... It's a balanced and healthy metagame. Watsy said that all deck so many archetypes are viable, and we had a page or a, one of our supporters talking and like, yeah, Delver, Delverless Delver, Delver with extra bobbles, stock Delver. It's all playable. Yeah, right. that was me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was literally me. Yep. I... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the first so first place I guess was the the Delusian Delverless Delver build. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like as far as banning considerations go, the, those archetypes should get lumped together. They're functionally very, very identical. It's the same core. It's the same, you know, axis of of gameplay. Did you say who won by chance? Uh, B new won oh, with the, the uh, Ledger Shredder. Do have to throw credit because yep. winning a challenge, even if you are playing Delver. It... Yeah, um, oh. it looks like that the other top four decks were Madness and Mono Red, which means that they both fought through some hateful decks. Yeah, yeah, and they, that's that's, true. that's the uh, if we go down fourth and fifth are if I'm looking at this, let me make sure I'm not just talking out of my ass here. Yeah, they're like legit, like mono red, like Chalice red of the prison, Void, Trinisphere. Yeah. yeah, legit prison decks. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I mean, some of the best, some of the best goblin decks you're gonna find in Legacy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely a top three goblin deck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that to me. That's one of the biggest problems, and it's one of the things that drives me nuts if we're going to talk about the meta, is, like, this has been, like, basically since uh, Expressive Iteration was printed, Blue Red Delver has been, like, the best deck in Legacy, and it's still dominant. Like, these two decks fought through two other Red Prison decks specifically designed to beat them, and 
still trash them. Yep. Strixhaven gave the expressive iteration, which was a solid power bump. Then uh, Modern Horizons 2 came in and gave it Merktide and DRC, which were more solid power bumps. Yeah. It got Ragaban, Ragaban and then lost but then it. it got banned, yeah. But like it's gotten three legitimate upgrades in the last like 6-8 months. Yeah. And it was already in contention for one of the best decks in the format. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, they got Dreadhorde Arcanist banned before it was yeah. even a deck. <laughs> yeah, they printed like five cards for it, and then they banned one of them. So uh-huh. problem solved, I guess. And then they informed yeah. us that Legacy is, in fact, fine. There's no need to yeah. make changes. <laughs> this is fine. This is all fine. Nothing to see here. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see Madness coming in in third place. I know we had it. Was it last week we had Madness in like the top eight? It kind of just popped out of nowhere. I think it was either last week or the week before. But yeah. yeah. We haven't seen Madness for a while, and to see it come in in two no, like noteworthy top eights or top sixteen slots is really cool. This is one of my favorite decks that I've seen pop up out of MH two. Like the one good thing MH two gave us was uh, yeah. Madness, literally <laughs> blazing root walla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight, gave us eight walla. Yeah, it's a it's hilarious to me. Like you look at what Modern Horizons one and two gave other decks, and somebody like this is exciting because they got are they they're excited because they got Blazing Fruit Walla, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the field's like, yeah, I play Merktide Regent. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? <laughs> well, but if I can cast my Putrid Imp, and then I get to discard my Rootwall yeah. and cast it for free, yep. and then your opponent's I like, get a yeah, one one, I'm gonna make a eight eight with flying. Yeah, your turn. It's the the. The blazing root wall to me is exactly where we want to be with these kind of sets, where they're like kind of surgical strikes, where they're mm-hmm. like, "Hey, let's give madness another toy to play with," rather than just dialing the power of these cards to eleven yeah, or twelve. Nuclear weapons just... like Merktide Regent and and mm-hmm. Ragavan, yeah. Like I mean, yep. like Ice Fang Quaddle is a good good example as well. And I think if they do another master, I hope they never do another you know Horizon set. But if they ever do, um, I hope Baleful Strix is in there because that's another one that's like it's not actually in modern uh but it's like an exceptionally fair card and it would be a tool for decks to use yeah i would love to see baleful strix in modern i do have good news for you both uh next year uh we're not getting modern horizons 3 we're actually getting uh lord of the rings horizons yeah So don't so worry. So hopefully there's I don't, a baleful strix. I don't know if you're joking or not. It's oh, I'm 100 percent serious. The, the oh Lord of the Rings set is a straight to modern. It's yes. replacing Modern Horizons. It's no. a Lord of the Rings theme. Yes. Now, in fairness, they haven't. I know that they came out and they were like, like this is the Modern Horizons three slot, but it is. It's in the same slot time wise. Like no. yes, yeah. Lord <laughs> of the Rings is a print to modern and eternal formats set. So oh, I'm God. sure they won't. You know, you know. It'll be Crabine from Dunland, and that'll be your Baleful Strix. There, <laughs> there's a Lord of the Rings reference that Jake will not get at nope. all. <laughs> Crabine from Dunland. <laughs> yep. It's just a whiff of clouds. I'm glad you're that'll here. That'll be so the, the flavor text on there. I'm glad you're here so you can enjoy this. <laughs> Yay. The three people that listen to this that love Lord of the Rings and Magic are very happy right now. <laughs> well, the problem is two of them are in the room. I know. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh man, yeah. I I don't. I'm not uh, a fan, to say the least. It's putting it very mildly to say I am not a fan of the print straight into modern slash eternal sets. Uh, yeah. Because I feel like Wizards just doesn't uh, care to balance things nope. at all. Like, I don't think they bother to take any time to balance these things. So like, I mean, even Holbreacher was like printed straight to Commander and then like instantly was banned in mm-hmm. Commander. Like that was clearly not a f- reasonable card to have in the in the commander format um so like i i just don't like these and now we look at modern and instead of being the highlights of 
the last 20 years of magic it's just the highlights of the last two modern horizon sets and then, that's exactly what it you is. know yep. it, and that's miserable i i hate that i really dislike that about i mean i i'm gonna play it because if i'm gonna grind mm -hmm. i have to play it but i really wish they'd never printed murktide region that card is ludicrous <laughs> yeah they've made they've made a lot of really key design mistakes that kind of make me sad do you guys want to hear matt's heard it i don't know if you've heard it do you want to hear my like tinfoil hat theory on this oh boy on this print strategy so i absolutely wanted to be on record yeah. so go for it well yeah, we, let's go. we were on the family gathering podcast recently and i gave them some tinfoil hat and their fans seem to enjoy it so i'll give our fans some so my tinfoil hat on why the quality of legacy especially and modern to a bit has just freaking tanked lately is if you go back like two or three years how much money did legacy players give watsi in any capacity and that's buying new product essentially because when you buy new product you're encouraging someone to open packs so if you buy you know if you buy new stuff from the store you're encouraging that store owner or some company to buy 100 boxes and rip them open yeah uh legacy players almost never bought anything we'd have you'd, you'd see one card a year make it into legacy maybe mm -hmm. a rare maybe a mythic mm -hmm. modern more but still, almost like a modern player that, like, if you owned actual factual Jun and you, or you owned a tier one deck in Martin, you owned Hammer Time, you owned uh, uh, Prime Time, you didn't buy any cards, you didn't have to. And so, Watsi saw this, like, relatively small but still large enough demographic of players that never buys cards. And they said, well, the world is okay with us pretending they don't exist because we openly say all the time that, you know, legacy is too small for us to care about for financial reasons. There's not enough people. Yeah. So, they have free reign to print these cards that may or may not go in and ruin Legacy. Doesn't matter. Either Legacy players will buy them, and that's money in Watsi's pocket that encourages sales. Legacy players will quit playing Legacy, and they don't care about that because we weren't spending money anyway, and they don't even care about our format enough to acknowledge it. Or we'll just knuckle down, and we'll just keep playing Legacy, and we'll play without the new cards, and we'll spend the exact same amount of money as we used to. Like, that's the train of thought I've gone through for the last year and a half on, like, why a lot of these hyper-powerful cards, these nuclear bombs, have been dropped into Legacy with relatively little repercussions in terms of bannings. Is because so you think they're intentionally driving people away from eternal formats in order to drive them into more profitable formats and means of play? So I don't think they're intentionally driving people away. I think they don't care if they do. So do I think they want oh, to kill no, Legacy? I don't think that's tinfoil at all. I think that's just objective truth. I know, but that's <laughs> it's just like that's no one talking about it. Like, yeah, I don't think they they don't they don't want to kill legacy, but they have they don't ha they're indifferent. It doesn't matter to them if legacy exists or not. It right. doesn't make them any money, and yeah. they, it's too small of a group of people to care about. They can't so, even like they can't even realistically host professional level tournaments uh, of the legacy format because of their own kneecapping of themselves with the with the reserve list, which is a whole yes. other thing I don't even want to talk about because I could talk yeah, for three hours about it. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah, don't. I was gonna say it's the whole time we're sitting here going, "Yeah, Legacy's too small to care about." I wonder why. Oh, how uh -huh. much does uh, Blue Red Delver cost? Don't right. worry about that. Five thousand dollars. Cool. Yeah. yeah, can't figure out why nobody plays this it's, format, yeah. dude. It's funny. Like if you bring up the reserve list in the Legacy Pit chat, you won't get banned, but like they'll let it run for like five, ten minutes, and they'll be like, "Okay, guys, time yeah. to move on. No yeah. more." Yeah, well, yeah, it's that's just, my... it's a it's a dead horse, right? At this point, I mean, yep, especially among Legacy people, and there's nothing new to say. Uh, we've said our piece. Um, the, the the community is almost universally in in favor of abolishment, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, that's we also are universally in recognition of the fact that that's never going to happen. Yeah, yep. unfortunately, that's why yeah. we have been incredibly pro proxy, especially when it comes yes. to legacy. Yes. Uh, 
I think that's the answer. I got downvoted into oblivion for posting that on a legacy thing two or three years ago because oh. we were talking about EDH. And I was like, look, the way EDH has handled this is a lot of EDH communities are really pro proxy. That's mm -hmm. how you get around Gaia, Gaia's cradle costing $1,000. Yeah. You either don't play it or you have a group of friends. It was in particular talking about CEDH. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The CEDH, no one... I've never met a single person who owns a time twister. <laughs> it's legal in right. CEDH. People play it because it's you just print one out or you get like a proxy service that you know you get obvious fakes. I am in no way advocating for yeah. counterfeits. I don't. Yes. I don't advocate for that. But what I will say is like, um, so this is a solved problem, right? I mean, Vintage had encountered this issue twenty years ago when power got like un unaffordable and it wasn't mm -hmm. supported remotely, right? And so the, the the standard now for vintage tournaments is to allow 15 proxies. And then there's usually yep. a proxy policy, which means a magic-backed card. We have the MDFC stand-ins. We have the checklist cards. Mm -hmm. um, you can you can use acetone to erase cards, stuff like that. Um, I, I think that that's somewhere... That might be where Legacy needs to pivot. Um, I know our uh, most of our locals around here, um, and we have a thriving Legacy community. We're in the, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Um most of our locals around here uh, do allow uh, some number of proxies. Um, it's usually sort of like 15 with quotation marks around it. Uh, yeah. You know, sort of like well, if you have like 16, it's like nobody's really going to call you on it. Yeah. Um, because what we really want is we want to play. We want to grind. We want to get reps in. We want to hang out. Um, and that's that's kind of what I think a lot of legacy players enjoy is uh, the sense of community more than uh, the spiky grind set. Um, you know, and that's yep. you know, I mean, our weeklies every every week. I we go out to a local Mexican restaurant and we will have dinner together, and half of us will play credit card roulette to see who pays. Um, <laughs> oh boy! And uh, but it's a blast, you know. And sometimes we'll we'll play credit card roulette for shots of tequila. It depends on how frisky we're feeling, you know. Yeah. Um, yep. and that's like the actual highlight of the evening. It's like. Mm -hmm. Legacy is the prelude to that, and I think that's yeah. true for a lot of legacy communities. Yeah, it's, it's just like, oh, by the way, we do play Magic as yeah. well. I think right. it really got hammered home recently that like the gathering part is the important part. Like, yeah. I've played a lot of Arena, I've played a lot of MTGO, and like, man, it just doesn't hold the faintest hint of a candle to showing up at the card shop and throwing cards at each other. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was in sixth place. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna be a very this is gonna be a very tangential episode, listeners. Sorry. Yep. So, uh, like I said, so we'll just recap since it's been a minute. First and second, blue, red, Delver. Third, Madness. Fourth and fifth, slight variations on a uh, very similar red prison deck. And then, surprise, surprise, in sixth place, we've got Death and Taxes. Uh, it is Yorion Death and Taxes, which seems to be Damn. the standard, but. Uh, we this haven't is seen Death and Taxes top eight a serious tournament in quite a while. Yeah, that's huge. But this is a very anti-Delver top eight. Yeah, like, that is that and is they such won an anyway. Yeah, yeah, and they won anyway. That's <clears throat> like the in, like the implication that any deck can win a legacy challenge for the most. Like any good deck can win a legacy challenge. That's like one of the like the big health of legacy. Yeah. Is you have so many tools. Like death and taxes can't get too good usually because we'll stomp it back down. Blue red delver is just like doing good against this huge format of decks that are just predominantly designed to beat blue red delver. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's honestly, well, that's that's one of the things that drives me nuts about the, the absence of death and taxes. Basically, everyone's just said, yeah, it's not good enough. The deck mm -hmm. that is designed to prey upon cantrips and like that kind of crap, the ultimate yeah. fair deck, is just not good enough against Blue Red Delver anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. Really like, sad. We're, we're surprised to see death and taxes. It used to be like 
five to ten percent of the meta. Yes, and that was a, right. a, that was like it was the entry point for a lot of people because death and taxes is like you know eleven hundred bucks or right. eight, like, you can get in like an okay set of death and taxes for like seven hundred bucks. Yeah, and yeah, now it's well, it still can see play obviously, and it can do well. It's just not reliable like it used to be. Like death and taxes used to be a reliable deck. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's literally in the name right i mean the name comes from you know death taxes and uh-huh. you know, there's yep. three three things that are inevitable in life death taxes and some jackass playing uh white weenie <laughs> and yep. you know it's it's always been it's been there since the dawn of time yes um and and it's well, still hanging around but well, yeah i don't think it's i don't think it, it's certainly not top tier because the top tier is reserved <laughs> exclusively for, for blue red delver at this point um it's I mean, com- it's a competitive deck but it's not it's not in that top tier of it's not something i would necessarily i mean i've never played death and taxes but like i'm never upset to see death and taxes sitting across the table from me yeah death, like a, a a good death and taxes i've heard, i've heard other many other people say this like on twitter or not but like death and taxes is a good like canary for legacy like when death and taxes is good legacy's probably in a good spot yep I yeah. think that's that's a fair litmus test, basically, where it's yeah. just like when it's you the can same play. Thing. It used I used to say it. I got it from Julian because it made a lot of sense. Where like when you don't feel like an idiot for casting Knight of the Reliquary, like the meta's not in a horrible spot. Oh my gosh, <laughs> could you imagine casting Coder? Right. I mean, it, we still see it pop up every now and then, but it's pivoted from Maverick to Green White Depths or Naya yeah. Depths, and even that isn't very popular anymore. Night of the right. Reliquary is just a tutor at this point. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically it isn't an 8-8 in the late game, but like it's there to tutor up Dark Depths and Thespian Stage. Although I well, do want to talk about that play deck. I do want to talk about that deck later. Well, I, you, you can want in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up faster. <laughs> I mean, I this is our show. We're talking about the, uh, the the showcase. Now it's a different tournament, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait until yep. we talk about the different tournament. Yep. Uh, we got we got a couple more lists. We'll we'll speed through these and then we'll get on to your what you want to talk about. Yep. So uh, seventh place, uh, we've got four color zenith again. Another Yorion list. It amazes me that EDH is playable on Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this list is insane. They all are. They all of these lists are insane. Hornet queen, motherfucker. Hornet <laughs> There's a hornet queen in this deck. There's four <laughs> spell seekers. Goddamn hornet queen. There's Did a you know that spell a... seekers and a, and a and a toolbox of of spell seekers. There's an Orin's chant in this library. <laughs> Yes, piracy oh charm. Gosh. Piracy charm. Piracy charm. <laughs> the, it's one of the only instant speed discards. It's actually really cool. There are two. So, it's like, well, there's three. It's it's piracy charm. Funeral, funeral charm, okay. which is what the color, the original version of that it, it was, because mm-hmm. it was color shifted in planar chaos, and then like necrogen spell bomb. If you pop that at instant speed, and that's like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, since yep. I know that no one listening to this knows what piracy charm does. <laughs> One blue instant, choose one, target creature gains island walk until the end of turn, target creature gets plus two, minus one until the end of turn, or target player discards a card. End of your draw step, discard a card. (laughs) Yeah. Is that literally what this, like, is there a single piracy charm literally just to, or I get, like, I guess island walk is pretty relevant, islands are everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, target player discards a card can be relevant, um, you know, in random spots, but I mean... This is, I think, target creature is unblockable, um, yeah. and or a removal spell uh, for an X one. Um, I mean, yeah, the X, the, the X one, and that does kill most things in a lot, like in a yeah. lot of matchups. That does kill most of your. I mean, that, that's going to kill uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth. It does kill like Athalia, Mom. It does remove a lot of relevant things. Pre-flip, right? Delver, yeah. pre Delirium, uh, DRCs. Yep. Yeah, a turn one Delver right. or a turn one DRC. It can kill. That's true. Yeah. Uh, there's also, I mean, like everything in Elves. Um, yeah, that's also fair. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, so like it's 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 just a versatile card um, that can kind of do a lot of different things. Um, I actually used to play this card uh, when Dreadhorde Arcanist was a legal magic card because you could make it a three one and then you could flash back your like three mana spell when you attacked. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, I mean, in fairness, so you're so using it the way it's supposed to be used. Like that's it. it I mean, Dreadhorde Arcanist. Like Dreadhorde Arcanist was supposed to be pumped and get yeah. value that way. Like, yeah. I I commend you for playing Dreadhorde Arcanist the way it's supposed to be played. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually, we did a Vintage Week on the Legacy Pit recently uh, to promote it for the, the Legacy Pit Open Weekend, and uh, I had Dreadhorde Arcanist in my deck, and I really strongly considered putting Piracy Charm in my deck so that I could, like, recast Time Walk and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Time Twister or whatever. <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But letting you know what it is? Your... It's too fair for Vintage. That's what that deck is. <laughs> that also makes sense. <laughs> Man, I just, I cannot, 28 spells, there's like seven one-ofs. The, one of the things I do like about this is he's really taking advantage of the spell seeker. If you look yeah. at his sideboard, his sideboard is almost all exclusively yeah. cards that can be fetched by spell seeker as well. You know what you just said, though? He's taking advantage of the three mana blue one one. Sure am. <laughs> you know it's wild. What a world actually, are we like, living in? I'm actually a little surprised there's no displacer kitten in this list. I, why wouldn't there be? Yeah. Like um, one displacer kitten and or yeah. a couple and like one Karn, because sure, why not? Yeah, like why not? I mean There's room. Yeah. Uh, displacer kitten with and especially with carpet of flowers. Displacer kitten is actually hilarious with carpet of flowers because you can just like get man in your pre combat <gasps> and then cast you can something, flicker it. link the yeah. carpet and get man in your post combat. Yeah, oh my <laughs> god, really gross. That's and then obviously so you can gross. chain with spell seeker and or eternal witness. Like if you have kitten and eternal witness and like a single rite of flame, that's like infinite Uh-oh. mana. Did we infinite lose red you? mana, but it's infinite mana. Uh, oh, we lost you. Just say that. Just say that statement again. We missed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you have like Displacer Kitten and Eternal Witness and any ritual effect, like Rite of Flame, that's infinite red mana. And then if you have like one mana Morphos, that's infinite mana of any color and draw your deck. Uh, I never thought of that. Yeah, you I actually built the a deck like that for a friend of mine uh, last week um, that was very, very uh, beta testy. It was very rough and didn't work out super well. But it's like a, I mean, if you're playing four Spellseeker already, like Kitten's just a house. That is insane. <laughs> like we we talked about kitten last week because it, it was the first time we'd like really seen it do results. But like again, it amazes me that you have a four mana two two that costs blue. Oh yeah, and it's it, but but they can show you how crazy powerful that card is. I think what, what a I think, dumb effect. Unironically, if you're talking about a deck like Jeskai Control, the shell that it currently has, I would rather play Displacer Kitten than Jace the Mind Sculptor. I texted Matt about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I it, like I was driving home one day, or I got home and I was like, I texted like, why doesn't these like these days undoing breacher decks that um, it, it's very comical since you're on the pit. Everyone on the pit laughed like since day one. I was talking about how that deck is like really good in the format and it's relatively powerful, and yeah. the pit shit all over it for weeks. And they, I think they have it mainstay now. Yeah, uh, but in fairness, I mean, like if you want to tap with like if you have a kitten and a narset, that's just like. You're just gonna cast as many spells as you have mana to play. If you have a kitten and a well, spell seeker, like Snapcaster Mage becomes Yogmoth's will. Like yes, it's it, like what I was gonna say was in <laughs> in the pit's defense, the Days Undoing deck does have a hard time winning often. Mm-hmm. It does right. do the like, it'll do the thing like two or three times and still not win. And so yeah, I think you should totally pivot that like kind of okay 
Jeskai combo deck that's not really a like a non-winning combo straight into a like I win combo. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think you're 100% right on that. I mean, like, that's... like Kitten and Teferi and any zero mana artifact is uh-huh. draw my deck. Hey, can you explain? Um, I tried to play it last minute. I couldn't make it work. Can you explain how the Karn Kitten combo works? Sure. So Karn plus Kitten is a two card combo that says you win the game. Uh, Karn the Great Creator. So we're specifying. Um, so Karn the Great Creator's minus ability. Karn starts at five loyalty and has a minus two where you can go get a an artifact card you own from outside the game or in exile and put it into your reveal it and put it into your hand. Uh, so. The Karn Kitten combo is you tick down, you have Kitten and Karn in play, you tick down Karn, and you go get Lion's Eye Diamond from your sideboard. Um, and then you cast Lion's Eye Diamond. That triggers the Kitten. And then it blinks the Karn, which is now a new Karn. Fresh fresh loyalty, you can activate it again. Uh, Lion's Eye resolves, then you tick down Karn again, you go get Tormod's Crypt from your sideboard. Um, you cast that, again, Kitten triggers, blinks Karn, new Karn. So you, have, you are now have. Displacer Kitten and Karn in play, Lion's Eye Diamond and Tormod Script in play. Then you crack Lion's Eye Diamond to add three mana of whatever color, pitch your hand. And then after that, you crack Tormod Script targeting yourself. Uh, now, Tormod Script activated abilities cost is tap sacrifice Tormod Script, so it's already in the graveyard when that ability resolves. Oh, okay. Which means the Crypt and the Lion's Eye Diamond, along with anything else that's in your grave, go to exile. You have a fresh Karn that can then go get those cards from exile, and you repeat the loop. And then That's once you've got infinite mana looping, then you just go and get Walking Ballista from your sideboard and kill him. Makes That's, sense. I was I forgot that Tormod's Crypt exiles itself. Yeah. Yeah. If you target yourself. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, I got hung up on there. I couldn't figure out how you got the Tormod's Crypt to exile, so you could keep getting the things from exile, but it hits itself. So thank you, sir. Yeah. Of course. We should have people that know how to play Magic on the cast more often. <laughs> Goes a long way. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even see this combo until I saw Jarvis. You explain it on Twitter. Uh, shout out to Jarvis. He's dope. Yeah. I, was he? I, he discovered it, didn't he? Like it was one of those things. Like I didn't think it. It wasn't like common knowledge until someone. I, I thought it might have been Jarvis put it up. And I it think like the whole. Yeah. I think Jar, maybe Jarvis and Bob Bob Wong. Uh, that and makes in sense. That, that group of of uh, legacy all stars. Yeah. Uh, the sort of sorted it out, the and then Jarvis posted it on Twitter because somebody was like, "Wait, how does Kitten and Karn win the game?" Because it's, yeah. it's pretty convoluted, but it does yeah. instantly win. Yep, man, I spell seek four. If you told me six months ago you could register four spell seeker and top eight, I'd be like, "You're an idiot! Stop! <laughs> Stop being stupid!" We're playing spell legacy. Seeker doesn't surprise me. Spell seeker, it's it's a little inefficient, but it is an inherently powerful effect. Yeah, that's wild. It's it's the fact that, like, I look at this and I'm like, Orange Chant and Piracy Charm over Prismatic Ending? Like, I get you want the flexibility because of the Spellseekers, but, like, if you told me that, where it's just like, yeah, we're running, we're cutting Prismatic Endings and running yeah. Piracy Charms. How am I going to fit all of these Spellseekers and Piracy Charms in my deck? Well, so it's worth saying, it's worth saying this guy's ending. got, uh, I'm sorry, this person, I'm not sure if they're a guy or not. Um, yeah. What is their name? CFT Sock Three. Uh, this person has three <laughs> ephemerates in their deck, so they're an ephemerate deck. So Spellseeker yeah. gets ephemerate, and then you ephemerate your Spellseeker, blink it out, rebound, and then Spellseeker comes back, and you get Orm's Chant, let's say, and you chant your opponent out of the game. Um, and I mean, I again, I don't, I don't, I don't know why there's no kitten here, because like, why couldn't we kitten and Ewit if yeah, like Orm's is... Chant and like lock them out? I'm... 
I'm going to jump in and say I think it's a little bold to call the 80-card deck with three Ephemerate and Ephemerate deck. It is an Ephemerate deck, though. It is. It's a Yorian. It's, it's got, got Yorian in it. It's got you're gonna see, effects. <laughs> you're going to see one Listen, Ephemerate a game. There are like, That's all you need, though. There are like with three the cards that are four ofs in this deck, and Ephemerate's a three of. That's pretty close to the only... Like, everything else is a singleton. Is. Like, this is an EDH it deck with Ephemerate. <laughs> <laughs> And it's gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful oh, mess. Man. This I, has to be obnoxious to play against. Oh, yeah. Like, just getting chanted out of the game while they beat you to death with Hornet Queen. <laughs> Although, at least Hornet Queen's going to finish the job quick with... Because, uh, I mean, obviously Uro's in here, duh. Mm-hmm. But, like, just as the meme, like, Hornet Queen is... Get it out, ephemerate that thing yeah. once or twice, and, like... Yeah. <laughs> now you've got 10, 12 power yeah, on the board. With all with flying and death touch. Yeah. So. Uh, I like your Merktide region. Here's an army of Death Touch bees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good luck. We found it. We found yep. the Hornet Queen is the secret <laughs> tech. It's the secret tech. It's the answer. We're we don't start... need to, guys. We Elves don't. Is going to start naturaling out, natural ordering out <laughs> Hornet Queen Dude, instead of Grip. Uh, it like might Grindr be up. better than Progenitus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I honestly, it probably is better than Progenitus. Yeah, like you can your... actually cast it too. You should probably put one in your sideboard, yeah. and that be your like. The only <laughs> downside is like most people bring their sweepers in against elves, and it just eats a sweeper too. I guess. Oh, I lost like... you guys. Well, don't you want to? Don't you want to just like? Don't you want to see your opponent like let your natural result? Like they'll do the math in their head. They see like, oh, I'm gonna win this race, and you slam a freaking queen. Yep. Uh, one second. I think uh, James is having some. I am issues. here. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello? Hello, hello? Testing, testing? Hey, we're back. Okay. And with the magic of editing, nothing even happened. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Wrap let's talk up, about the uh let's talk about his last deck. Yeah, oops all spells. Punishing waterfalls, a notorious uh jank enthusiast uh of mm-hmm. like with myself as oops all spells. Well, you you're, you're yeah, so excited to talk about it. Tell me, is this is so, this yeah, I'm I mean, not if you're not, if you go, if you're not familiar with it, so Oops All Spells is a deck that's been around since uh, Return to Ravnica uh, when they printed uh, Undercity Informer and Balustrade Spy. So they mill these these cards, um, either they enter the battlefield or you have to sacrifice a creature, and they basically mill target player until, target player mills until they hit a land. So you can target yourself, yep. and if you have zero lands, you mill your whole library, and then you just win with Doss's Oracle now. Um, yep. So this and is a deck, the... and then we have the modal dual-faced lands, uh, Agadim's Awakening and Turn Timber Symbiosis, so they actually can play lands now, which I think is cheating, yes. to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> One uh, of the biggest boons this deck got in a long time yeah. was flip lands. So this deck is is legit. Um, it was in the XO bracket at the NRG uh, at some, I think it was like 5-0 um, at the oh, NRG. Wow. I don't know if it top aided. But um, it's legitimate. Um, it it just mills it. It just it can go off turn one. It's it's all in. Um, it's probably more all in than Goblin Charbelcher. Um, you have all four or all eight spirit guides, um, four Narcomibas and Dread Return, and you have a bunch of dark. You have dark rituals, Cabal therapies, Cabal rituals, thought seizes, uh, summoners packed to go get. Um, well, that goes green creature card, right? What does that get? I guess that gets uh, spirit guide to get extra yeah, mana. Just gets you. It, it just it's like it's your fifth or sixth elvish spirit guide. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, it just. It just either wins on turn one or it doesn't win at all, uh, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, uh, it's just completely in. Uh, one of the interesting things that this deck plays now is Leyland of Sanctity times four in the board, and that's actually an answer to Endurance um, and other 
graveyard removal effects, mass graveyard removal effects, because if you have hexproof, you can't be targeted by endurance or Tormod's crypt uh, or soul guide or surgical. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh uh, no, yeah. surgical you can because surgical targets the card. It targets in the a graveyard. card in a graveyard. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, and the, the soul guide enter the battlefield card. trigger still works, but you can't. You can't get the whole graveyard because it's, like, it's usually exile yep. target players. Unless, like, it doesn't get get around Relic of Progenitus, so that's like that's the one thing that gets, still gets around it. But for the most part, you're protected. But who's even playing Relic anymore? What with like unlicensed Hearse being out, like stuff like that. Like I haven't seen Relics in a little while. Yeah, nobody's Relic playing Relic anymore. Guide. Well, everybody's playing Fair Graveyard stuff. Every deck is. Um, mm -hmm. Blue Red Delver, of course, has Merc Tides and, and Dragons Race Channelers. Um, Eight Cast has Emery's. Uh, Death, Death and Taxes could play it, I suppose. Uh, they have Urza's Sagas, so that's maybe an option for them. Um, but but you, just yeah, you're not going like, to see it like ever. Yeah, like even like I say, even if you have the option to do it, like I, there's just so much better graveyard hate now. I think Relic has like been relegated to like third or fourth pick yeah. for yeah. like optimum one mana graveyard hate between like yeah things like Rest in Peace, Leyline, Unlicensed Hearse, which is amazing in my opinion. Yeah, gen uh, generally the Lantern. choice is. Uh, if you're going to go for a one-mana Graveyard Hate, it's Soul Guide. If you want a zero-mana one, it's Tormod's Crypt or Surgical, depending mm -hmm. on what you're doing. And then Unlicensed Hearse is just the best anti-fair Graveyard. Um, but yeah. it would not it would not keep up with this deck, obviously. Yeah. They're going to dump their entire Graveyard on turn yeah. one. I'm, it's only got to hit one card. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but... but you're not going to have enough time to cast it is the problem yeah that yeah yeah it's too yeah. slow it's it's terrible it, yeah if, if all you're bringing in is unlicensed hearse yeah you're because right. you're gonna i mean yeah you're gonna get if in a world they don't go off on turn one you're hitting a cabal ritual or a thought seize yeah like. so <laughs> that was going to be something i wanted to ask you jameson is like so say you're sitting down and you know your uh opponent is playing oops all spells aside from the obvious graveyard hate stuff how would you approach this matchup like how would you try to win this game uh so what I, deck am i playing uh, just as a general, like, not necessarily a matchup matchup, but, like, are you, obviously, Force of Will is going to be good, but, like, is there any hidden tech to approach this other than the obvious stuff? Um, so, like, is discard good or bad against it? Probably a little too slow. Um, <laughs> my pet card, Stifle, is great against it. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what, <laughs> obviously, Stifle hits uh, uh, Thoth's uh, yeah. Oracle. Um, um it's, no, not really, um... Like if you're going for um, like if I'm going, if I'm playing eight cast uh, and I'm and I know that my opponent is on a deck like this, um, I'm mulling to force of will and hoping it's enough, but it's probably not mm -hmm. going to be. Uh, the best hand is for me to be on the play, be able to land a chalice on one on turn one, backed by force, because then they can't make me discard my force. Um, gotcha. That's it's a force check deck, but they have, and they have lots of ways to get rid of your force. And sometimes you just lose to that. And, uh, the, the flip side of that is sometimes they multiple oblivion and you just win the game without even playing it. So, um, the other, the other, uh, downside of winning with this deck sometimes is if you win on turn one on the play, you have no idea what your opponent is playing because they didn't get to play a card yet. So you don't even know yep. how to sideboard. <laughs> Wow. I, uh, Talk about a good problem to have. Yeah. Right. <laughs> game two. Guess uh, I guess I'll run the same 60. Guess I'll yeah. just resubmit. I mean, in Let, fairness. Let's figure out how you're going to kill me, you know, how stop my game plan, and yeah. then I'll sideboard for, accordingly. Yeah. On the numbers, you could just bring those Veil of Summers into game two. Or the Force, okay. of Force of Vigor would be the big one for me. Like, I'd be terrified yeah. of Leyline of the Void. Yeah. So, like, that's a turn one answer, and they're all they're seeing is graveyard deck. Yep. So, like, you... 
I mean, you got to have some clue what people are going to bring in. There's like we discussed, they're almost all either artifacts or enchantments. Mm -hmm. You already have main board ways to deal with like force of will through your yeah. own counter spells or your own uh, discard. So yeah. you're probably bringing in force of vigor minimum. Yeah, I think force of vigor veil probably come in if nothing else comes yeah. in. Um, I mean, but of course it's also legacy. So it, we have to keep that in mind. Is like in legacy, especially in paper, like you sit, sit down across from somebody. Odds are pretty good you know that person and what they usually play. That's fair. <laughs> There's yeah. many times I've I've kept hands in competitive events that I sat down across from somebody uh, and knew what they were on and kept my hand accordingly. Mm -hmm. In fact, there was one time um, Anurag, Das, and I were matched on camera, and Anurag thought I was on Delver and kept a Miracle's hand accordingly, and then I turned out to be on Eldrazi, and I just, like, chaliced on one turn one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he didn't have oh, a force. No. <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, every time I play you on camera, you do something different. That's awesome. Talk about the immediate punish. Yeah. Yep. Being like, I got your number. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong number. <laughs> yeah, I think this deck is like picking up, and it's cheap as heck. I mean, there's, uh, if I'm, am I reading this correctly, zero reserveless cards in this list? Yeah. And I don't it's, see any. it's like under a grand in terms of like uh, mm. actual cost of paper cards. Yeah. Um, Hundred. The chrome moxes are 150. The force of vigors are 150. The lotus that's... petals are 80. Yeah. 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 That's. Like, like, yeah, there's no full hundred dollar lands in this. There's no place out of force. Yeah, of I mean wills. this deck costs yeah. one volcanic island. Yeah, yeah. that's and you just yeah, take it. It's like it's like Manalist Dredge, but it, I think this is actually if you're gonna build a deck like Manalist Dredge, that this is this is the one you should build because this one I think is actually I, a genuine yeah. meta player. We talked last week about how like the joke is every time I see my opponent play a card in Legacy, I'm always like, oh fuck. <laughs> if you said that with Manalist Dredge, I probably wouldn't say, oh fuck. Yeah, Manalist Dredge <laughs> is the only one where I'm like, sweet, I got a buy. I'd probably be okay. I mean, it's not a buy. Manalist Dredge uh, can win, but like if you sat down with Manalist Dredge, I'd probably be okay with that. Yeah. Now, if you uh, sat down I, and you went, there's this. a regular at our weeklies, uh, my my friend Marshall, who uh, just plays terrible decks just to have fun, uh, and has been on Manalist Dredge for like two months. Uh, I have definitely died to the Manalist Dredge. Uh, it can happen. Yeah. yeah it can. It's, it, hey, a 15% win rate still wins. Them. Yeah. In All fairness, right. though, I mean, like, I don't think I would ever lose to it. Like, well, yeah. I, I get that, like, I get <laughs> that you would make Nobody thinks they're mistakes. ever going to lose to it, right? But then, but then you're like, <laughs> then there's the one time you don't show up with the mass graveyard removal, and you're like, yep. oh, well, uh, today was the day. And See, that's me. That's That will never be me, though. My sideboard as Elves starts as four late line of the void. Yeah. <laughs> to back you up, I I absolutely would lose to it. I would absolutely round one, game one, lose to it, and be like, aww. <laughs> to back myself up, when we went to Ohio, I beat it. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. I actually tricked him. I, uh, the game two, he didn't see. I didn't mole to a ley line of the void. And he beat me, so he sided out his force of vigors and that ley line in the void in my game. Oh, no. didn't have ley line. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> That's brutal. Because I was just like, I'm sitting there going, I'm, I'm like, if I mold a five, I lose anyways. Yeah. Because like it's game two, they have ways to beat Leyline of the Void is not some hidden tech against these decks. Right. He's gonna he's gonna have an answer for that, whether that's the uh the green cast it for free spell. Force of vigor. Uh well, the other one, I think it's like Reverent Silence or whatever. Reverent Silence. Oh, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Force of Vigor. Either one of those, and I just lose after mulling to four yeah. and then getting it blown up. Because so you I'm just like, can't you can't win anymore. You yeah, can't right. kill him. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to keep a decent hand, and it's either going to have Leyline of the Void or not. Yeah. 
and it did it. It has. I I lost by a turn. He was on the play, so I lost by a turn. So I I yep. made a close enough call, and then <laughs> game three was just like great six and ley line of the yeah. void, and I just plop it, and he conceded immediately. Yeah. Oh, no. Sometimes because <laughs> he did, he cited out all yeah. his enchantment hate for it. Sometimes you get the hidden tech of just tricking your opponent into thinking you're not playing yep. graveyard hate. That's the kind yeah. of angles that like are very legitimate, and I always forget to try to play them whenever I'm playing that. I just play it straight up, and yeah, that's that's I mean, sweet. That's, I have I have learned, and just like that person probably did, but I've learned the hard way that like there in some matchups you just you doesn't matter. I don't care if I saw graveyard hate or not. I have to run these. Right. Yep. It doesn't matter if they yeah. might be dead because the the chance of them being dead and me having now I have five cards in my six card hand is sucks. But the alternative is I just lose the game on turn one. Yeah, I have learned that the hard way. Well, that's sort of and, how you have to sideboard an eight cast. Is one of the things I dislike about the current sideboarding is you have like four force negations, three to four force negations, and they just always come in because you're expecting yep. them to bring in haymakers, and you got to keep your blue count high, uh, and then you have to like bet on two for oneing yourself to stop them from eight for oneing you, mm-hmm. um, and it's just Meltdown. really rough. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. an uphill climb post board every every match with eight passes. The, that's the difficulty right there. The good news is you win most of the game ones because that deck's insane. Yeah, uh, yeah, it comes out of the gates like like lightning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love watching it on the pit. It's so fun to watch because it's just that's one of those decks that like <laughs> you quickly get in situations where you're like, hey opponent, can I borrow some of your play mat to put my cards down, please? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have enough room. You got to buy one of the extra large play mats. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like covers the middle of the table yeah, too. I need a, you got I, two thirds of it. I'm gonna need this space. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, I had a there was a there was a guy that I used to play with who had like one, one of the play mats from for like the Star Trek card game that's like extra super ginormous. <laughs> I was just like, what is this? And he was like, I just need this much space, man. I just got a lot this of permanents is, to play. This is how yep. much space it takes for me to win the game. <laughs> And you're just like, like, oh, I just need this little slot over here at Cast Murktide yeah. region, and then uh, I just need this take space eight, for, take eight. for two volcanics, <laughs> a wasteland, and a Murktide. Yeah. Come on, let's yeah. be real. One of those is a Steam Fence. Well, if you're yeah, playing Ursal spells, all you need is like a, a bar napkin. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. It's <laughs> 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 like, like I, two relevant game zones. <laughs> I do love decks like Oopsal spells that could go like turn one, like Thoughtseize. Okay, yeah, you lose. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you lose right now. Didn't keep two force of wills. Yeah. <laughs> this Take is a why Gataxian Probe should not have been banned because it just was like, it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> they didn't need to ban that card. Uh, Zero mana like, Oh, it makes combo decks too good. No, combo decks are fun to play against because you can like interact with them. you got to find a ways to attack them. They're very interesting to attack. With but the like, state of combo these days, I'd like to see more combo. Right, like, you know... I I don't think it, they banned it. They nuked it at the same time they 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 killed Deathrite Shaman. And I think if they were eyeing yeah. it up, they should have like staggered it a little bit to <laughs> see how the metagame would have shaped out. New I rules change. You yeah. can only run Gitaxian Pro if you have Dark Ritual in your deck. Right. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. So like, with Gitaxian Pro, the Gitaxian Pro ban reminds me a lot of the Mox Opal ban in Modern, where like it may not have been correct to ban it when it was banned, but I don't think I want Gitaxian Probe legal with DRC and Ledger Shredder and Murktide at the same time. Like, that would be obnoxious as fuck. Spoken like a true non-Delver player. 
<laughs> I mean, can well, we can we make the hostage trade of like, look, we'll give you Gitaxi and Probe, you yeah. give us Merc Tide DRC. You get Gitaxi and Probe, we're banning DRC and Merc Tide. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, give me Gitaxi and Probe back so that I can make so I can play Cabal Therapy again because I there is no feeling Ugh. like naming a blind Cabal Therapy. Who? <sighs> oh, who is it on the pit? I can't I can't think of their name right now, but someone on the pit is like it's eerie how they never miss. It's not Ryan. It's not Jordan. Well, it's, it's Salas. Salas never misses on is a Salas good with therapy. It? Okay, yeah, I believe I it's Salas. Because um, uh, Billy Buttons and I, uh, Billy's been my best friend f- since sophomore year of high school, um, and Billy Buttons and I are both on the pit, and we are both. I don't know why, but we are both just like supernaturally good at naming cabal cabal therapies. Um, uh, there was you. one time I was playing in, a, in an event, and I like was playing against Shardless Bug, and turn one was Monastery Swift Spear. This was a weird time. Turn two was, he goes, land, go. I'm like, what the hell's in his hand? And I'm like, ah, Tarmogoyf. I hit two Tarmogoyfs, and I see three Shardless agents. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Next game? (laughs) The old old seven for one? Or five for one? Yep. Yeah, uh, oh it was God. not a fun time for him. Um, Did they so... call the cops after that? Because <laughs> that's a murder. <laughs> this is what I miss about Cabal Therapy, man. Like It was just, you could just have, if you just soul read somebody, and it just felt so good. And then man. there's a really interesting interplay with Brainstorm where, what did they brainstorm? Did they brainstorm to hide the good cards? Did they brainstorm and, and assume that I would think uh-huh. that they would hide the good cards so yeah. they kept the good cards in their hand and they hid the bad cards so what's in their hand still um and it's just it's such a it's such a fun interaction that is just yeah, completely there's... absent from the metagame this is why i want Kitaxian probe unbanned un- like unironically like i want the card unbanned <laughs> i think it's fine <laughs> there, there are a lot of really fun exchanges that get made possible making cabal therapy a like main deckable or even just a sideboard like a playable card yeah yeah well, right, anyways, anyway. now that now that we're an hour into our podcast, how do we wrap up this first top eight? <laughs> yeah, so just to drive the point home, that was the top eight with Oops All Spells. Uh, Blue Red Delver, we always do a metagame summary. Uh, Blue Red Delver, 28%, nine of the top 32. Other, which I counted it up, uh, most of them are just red prison decks as the other other category. Uh, MTG Goldfish doesn't categorize those yet. So there's a couple red, or there's a couple, like there's this blue green deck and a, another, uh, a Soul Tide deck that might be Soul Tide Depths. Uh, then we got Elves, Reanimator, Blood Moon Aggro, which is apparently different from Red Prison, <laughs> according to MTG Goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> and then a bunch of one-ofs. Uh, most played cards, Brainstorm Ponder, Force Will, Leyline of the Void, and Expressive Iteration. Top Creatures, DRC, Simeon Spirit Guide. That's interesting to see. That's those Red Prison decks, plus stuff, plus like Oops All Spells and shit like that. Merktide. Fury, Goblin Rabble Master, Red Prison again, and then top spells, Brainstorm, Ponder, Force Will, Leyline of the Void, and Express Federation. So that's that showcase challenge. And you said, Jameson, you wanted to talk about this uh, NRG 5K. Yeah, um, I thought the NRG 5K was pretty interesting. Um, there's also a really funny story about it. So the winner of the NRG 5K was Rodney Bedell on Selesnya Reclaimer, uh, Grimite Depths. Um, the, the deck list will say Naya, but it's Pyroblast. Um, yeah, yeah. Rod, what's really funny about this is that Rodney, before the event, uh, was like going around Twitter and just like accumulating Is It Delver staples, and just lending out Is It Delver to as many players as he could. <laughs> 
and then oh play the God. deck that just crushes Gizitelver. <laughs> that is so smart. Fight the whole tournament. That's amazing. So everybody's giving Rodney crap for for having like filled the metagame with Izzet Delver and then just spiking all of them. I'm going to bring 10 Delver players so that my green-white depth is unstoppable. Well, it's perfect bait, too, because Delver is legitimately the best deck in the format. It is. So like, yeah. you're just like, hey, anybody need Volcanic Islands for Delver? Yeah, a lot oh, of people do. Because wow. nobody wants to spend you know $2,400 on a deck that, that's possibly going to get banned in in a month. So yeah. yeah. Um, Meanwhile, he's leaving a plateau in Savannah. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I don't need these cards. I'm, I'm playing something else. Yeah. I have about... main deck planes in my deck. <laughs> Talk about building the metagame you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. But uh, this, uh, partially at least due to that, this uh, metagame is just full of Delver. We've got third, oh, it's polluted. Yeah. Uh, second, third, fourth, eighth, ninth, and tenth. 13th of the top 16 i think it was uh yeah. i want to say eight of the top 16 or six of that like i mean it's just between the the, the, the delver list build and the the bullwink isaac bullwinkle who was uh, top forward um isaac's mm-hmm. uh delver list build and the actual delver build uh yeah there yeah. was it's like half of the top 16 it's ridiculous i mean i think and by the way oops all spells barry piotrowski shout out that was the yep. player i mentioned who was in the exo bracket he did he did wind up top eighting uh, with oops all spells so that's i'm telling you that deck is a meta player and if you are looking for an affordable legacy deck um you're not going to have any cards carry over into other legacy decks <laughs> but yeah there's the, very few the good news is they're cheap enough it doesn't matter that much yeah <laughs> and you, there's a and real chance you can spike you can top eight in energy you look at barry yeah. um if i was so, gonna yeah. buy a second legacy deck i think i'd buy this, this yeah looks fun. yeah yeah I, i'm i'm thinking about it just to like you know just to to mess around on a on a random week week weekday. Yeah, you can either yeah. buy one of your volcanic island or another deck or an yeah. entire deck. Yeah, yeah. No, that was actually the calculus. I was like, I could I could buy a playset of volcanic islands or I could buy all of eight cast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was basically in the same boat. I had uh, picked up Kappa Cannoneer about a month ago because I have like. 80 or 90 percent of eight cast and i was just like i'm gonna buy the buy the turtle just in case he spikes going forward i don't want to i think i got him for like eight or ten bucks a piece i'm like i don't want to pay 20 or 30 uh-huh. for these because they haven't been reprinted in three years yep. if yeah. i ever decided to play it because like uh in modern my only modern deck currently is affinity we don't play modern all that often because due to my work schedule i don't get to play magic all that often mm. and modern is not my first choice uh obviously the work schedule is going to change i'm hoping the magic gets to change yep. I mean, there's been, I mean, dozens of tournaments where Jake's like, hey, they're playing Legacy over in this place that's an hour away on Saturday. Can you go? Yep. No, I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm really disinclined to go to events alone. I yeah. have a hard time dragging myself. I'm the same way. Out. I don't like to go alone either. So, yeah, I'm looking, I'm, I am looking forward to, to Matt having some more free time and us doing some more, some more attorneys in. Modern, uh, Pioneer. Pioneer's really picking up around here, too. Yeah. I see a yeah, lot of Pioneer well, it's, events it's around here. It's the regional here. championship. It's the, Atlanta, it's the format for DreamHack Atlanta. So, yep. um, that's it's a big one and also it's the new uh left head of the team trios format mm-hmm. um so like I'm, really... I'm gonna be playing i have a team together for the next scg con and i will be the pioneer head they nice. uh they really just forced pioneer to be relevant overnight and it was yeah. pretty funny i'm actually kind of glad they did like Pioneer's a great format. Currently, yeah. it's by far my best, best for, or my favorite format to play. Mm-hmm. I love the fact, like we were just talking about with Legacy, where 
there's no supplemental sets in Pioneer. Yes. Everything is just like everything is it has to go through standard and mm-hmm. that dials back the bullshit a little bit. Yeah. Matt said something last night uh that was it's I've thought of it too but it's like he's like Wow, it's so cool that you being tapped out means something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, Jake, you're tapped out. And he'd be oh, like, yeah, I'd be man. like, oh, wait, you're tapped out. Yeah. I can just fucking play the <laughs> <Yes>. game. <laughs> when your opponent's tapped out, they literally can't do anything. And if Boros heroic, I go, you're tapped out. Cool. You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Even 8 8 double strike. Like, yeah, it has I hit mean, me like, also. The, the premier blue deck is like, is it Phoenix, right? And that deck actually plays a lot of spells in its own turn because it wants to get its, get its Phoenix uh-huh. out of the graveyard. And I'm just like, oh, you. You like tapped out, and all of your creatures attacked me. Cool. Here's two metalwork colossi. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you just get to, you just get to like breathe that sigh of relief where it's like I get to just play magic. Yeah. Right. I forgot what that was like. I legitimately forgot what that was. I still sometimes yeah. sequence my plays like my opponent can uh-huh. potentially counter my spells while they're tapped out, and or I can counter their spells while I'm tapped out. Yep. I'll still, <laughs> I still do things like in your upkeep because I gotta play around force yeah, negation. We got like force of will, PS, <laughs> yeah, PTSD, PTSD. PTSD. So yes. Like... But now you do it. Now you do it in the upkeep because it limits their amount of, amount of answers, and they have to tap mana to cast a counter spell. Yeah. And then they're yeah. tapped out through their turn, and then you can untap and do whatever the heck you want. Yes, it did See? have. It these are skills have... that are like this is like these are skills that I picked up in standard and, and extended and you know, gaming in the two thousands that I like, completely atrophied by playing Legacy. I did help Drew level up one day. I did that in front of him. He was like, "Oh my god, that's so smart!" Yep. And I was like, "Yeah, I learned that in uh, learned that in Legacy." Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do anything, do it with your own mana on your turn. Right. Um. So we'll just do the top eight here, just so everybody can. Uh, it it won't take long. Yeah, it won't take long. Uh. So so we've got winning with Rodney uh, Bedell, green white depths, like you'd mentioned, Jameson. Then Delver, Delver, Delver. Uh, <laughs> You got your mixes in there. Elves, uh, Suck It Nerds. We got elves in there, which I was very disappointed with over the weekend. Uh, I could be wrong. I didn't, I don't remember seeing any elves top eight, uh, top eights on Moto this weekend. Uh, there might have been one. I don't think there of, was, no. Yeah, kind of a disappointing week for elves, especially after last week where yeah. we were cleaning up. Uh, um, no, there was one on Saturday. I take that. Was back. there? Good. Yeah. Was it uh, Aaron, the Relentless? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, the elves guy now at least as far as like putting up results mm-hmm. like top eights i i think last weekend he top eighted both if i mm. remember correctly i could be wrong about that but uh he's got reclaimer elves uh obviously very very good elves player yeah kicking butt um yeah uh sixth place we've got mono red prison seventh oops all spells like you had mentioned then just because uh eighth ninth and tenth were all blue red delver <laughs> yeah so hey hey tenth was is yeah, it it's tempo. is it tempo <laughs> which is blue red delver <laughs> So let's go around Delver. the table here. What do you guys think? Do you think Blue Red Delver deserves a ban? Yes. Yes. Uh, I agree. Uh, I'm on the fence, but I, I think I think I'm leaning on the agree side. You have chosen the correct option. We can well, keep recording. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm against power level bans in general, but I think that it's just uh, I think it's for the help for the for the good of the format. I think the format seems to be losing interest. I think it's a yes for me. So what yeah, do we think? That's needs basically to be banned? what the here's this. That's the um, follow up. Well, it said, "What would you? What would you choose first? Yeah. If you, expressive if one iteration, or two? Snap, expressive iteration. That card I needs agree. to be banned. I think that's the obvious one. Um, so, to me, there's two questions: Do you want to just fix Delver, or do you want to, in my opinion, fix Legacy? And I think those are two different questions. Uh, we've talked about trying to dial in the blue shell as a whole a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
if you're talking about just the slap a Band-Aid on Legacy, get Delver dialed back in with the rest of the field, I think Expressive Iteration and potentially Murktide Region, I think Expressive Iteration should be the first one. Uh, yeah. It's It's gone in Pioneer. It needs to go in Modern, and it needs to go yeah. in Legacy. That card is yeah. uh, busted in half. Two mana it's card advantage. It's deceptively good. I think that card um, is a, was a design mistake, and I think they just need to ban it. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things I, I had, I've been thinking about it, and you look at the top three, and one of the, it's not just two cards. It's effectively three, because the, the third worst card, like the worst card in there, just goes to the bottom. Yeah. So you also, you get you get the best one in your hand, plus the one you can cast, and then the worst card out of those three, you just fucking pitch you anyways. You probably yeah. didn't want you anyway. You probably didn't want it anyways. Right. Like, it's a it's effectively two yeah. mana, draw three cards. It can like clear a brainstorm. Like, you can, you can brainstorm end step, and then draw one of the cards, and then clear the bad one with EI. Right, it's that card is broken in half, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, it needs to go. I hate when people say Murktide Regent is just a big dumb beater. I think that is completely missing the point. Uh, uh, as yeah. a, as a part, as opposed to like the difference between it and Delver, and it's like just the sheer number of turns that it closes the game out in. I mean, Delver's a seven-turn clock effectively. Mm-hmm. Murktide yeah. Regent is often a two-turn clock. So I don't like I I Murktide Regent in my opinion also just needs to go. But I'd yeah. be I'd be willing to wait until expressive iteration was banned to see. Cause like, I, I want waiting, to though. see what these blue red shells look like without expressive iteration before I'm willing to pull the trigger on Merc Tide. Right. I, I think and, Merc Tide, Merc Tide region is a very, very, very good magic card. I don't know if it's bannable. I think EI clearly is. Cause the other thing is too, something that I don't think a lot of people look at is what's the second most popular deck in the metagame right now. It's Jeskai featuring Expressive yep. Iteration. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it's a, again, it's the same thing in Modern. Right. Mo- uh, expressive Iteration is all over the place. It was the same thing in Pioneer, where it was the. I mean, it got banned because, and I, I didn't, I don't necessarily agree with the ban in Pioneer. I think that was kind of a little wrong. <laughs> I don't think they had. We don't. We didn't have the data to do it like we do with Legacy. Like. When I'm honestly, I think the the pioneer meta is worse now than before Winota and Expressive Iteration were banned. I mean, if you look at the challenges, like it's just Rakdos, the 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 green devotion thing that we everybody was worried about didn't quite pan out, but Rakdos mid range is fucking everywhere now. Yeah, and Winota would top eight. There'd be like one Winota deck in the top eight of these challenges. Yeah, like, I don't know that the, that card act- needed a ban. I, I, Ei, I think is, I think they were just erring on the side of caution for yeah. RCQ season, but I, I agree with you. I don't think that it necessarily needed a ban, uh, a pre-season yeah, ban. That's one of the things that drives me nuts is like with something like Pioneer or Standard, they'll ban stuff just because they think it might be a problem after their current thing they fucked up they're trying to fix. <laughs> Meanwhile, Legacy has been shit for a year and a half, and they're just like, nope, this is perfect. And it's one of the reasons why I lean more towards the we need to actually fix the blue shell because... Yeah. Not necessarily because I don't like these cards, but if every time Wizards breaks a card, we have to wait a a year and a half before they fix the format, then I don't think I don't know how Legacy survives that and five thousand dollar decks. Like uh, that's just my opinion, obviously, but I don't yeah, know. I mean, no, definitely, definitely agree. I, I, it's I think you either ban EI and Merktide or you just ban EI. I, I think yeah. I don't think you just ban Merktide. I, I I really do think EI is the problem. Um, it's just it's such a freaking good card. Um, and I, honestly, it actually would be kind of fun because I think I think the replacement is Predict, and that's actually a, a meta game I do want to play. <laughs> I yeah, I've seen that, and with the uh, the uh, more mid rangey kind of Delver decks running Predict, I'd be interested to see 
where that kind of falls. Yeah, um, like well, so you have the Delver list lists that play predict, um, but like if if you ban EI, then then maybe the Delver lists start playing it because Delver is a way to look at your top card. Bobble and Dragon's Race Channel are ways to look at your top card. Like you have many ways to know what the top card of your library is, and so that's like an interesting metagame to play in because predict is a high ceiling, low floor card. I I, I like having those cards be in the meta. Um, yeah, you gotta you gotta put in some legwork to make predict work, right. not just tap a two volcanics. It's either, it's, it's probably either predict or it's just ledger shredder in the Delver suite, but then you might be too creature dense. I don't know, but I I'm, I would definitely want to see the meta, what the meta game looks like without EI in it. That's definitely that's my take on it. Yeah, I I I think we are all in agreement there that EI needs to go for sure. Yeah. Um. Cool. No, no one's gonna ask me what I want to ban. That's cool. <laughs> you did. You said express reservation. You agree? And with... oh. Sure. Go for I it. maintain that one of the best cards in Delver is DRC. I think DRC is, is an is an egregiously powerful card because oh yeah, uh, what I've said since day one is the best cards in Legacy, in my opinion, bar none, are Brainstorm and Ponder. Uh, DRC makes the best cards in Legacy better. Yeah, yeah I think. I think. I think well, what's you, interesting you, is like uh, somebody made the. I think I overheard this at the RCQ one Saturday. Somebody said that Delver of Secrets is now the nimble mongoose of Delver decks. Yeah. Yep. I'm and, excited when they only play Delver. <laughs> yeah. Like, so Dragon Trade Channeler is a, a very, very, very good magic card. Um, but that being said, especially with Unlicensed Hearse now being, like, the Graveyard Hate card in, like, multi-format all-star, sideboard all-star Unlicensed Hearse, it's actually quite easy to turn off a Dragon's Rage Channeler. Mm-hmm. And so then it, it comes with a real opportunity cost at that point because now it, it's a potentially a 3-3 that must attack and then your opponent can just turn off the the dragon's side of it That's and true. it's a one one now um so i again i i think it's on the watch list alongside murktide um it's absolutely wild that they printed like half a dozen s tier yeah. magic cards into this archetype all at once i think um but yeah i think i think if we're gonna if we're gonna do it one by one also can we get a prisoner exchange for like earthcraft and mind twist please right like, I personally am not on the ban unban mind twist uh train. I get the argument because it's I just to me it's like it's either gonna be a thing and that doesn't make good games of magic, or mm-hmm. it's not gonna be a thing, in which case it might as well just still be on the ban list. Earthcraft, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, There's no yeah. reason Earthcraft needs to be on the ban list at all, especially with prismatic ending running around now. Yeah. Like Well that's but it's the same it's the same argument of either it does too much or nothing, so why unban it? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but I'm a, I'm of the I'm of the premise where like these cards that like are probably fine to unban, let people play with the, their toys. Like it's let them have it. The difference to me is Earthcraft doesn't create a god awful game state. It's just the game's right. over. Yeah, um, that's fair. It's kind of like Oka. That is, like, that is a big difference. The, like back in the Oko days, like Oko would like when you're a control player, you're playing it. So I'm playing Blue Red Delver. Jake's playing Oko Control. The game's over as soon as he slams an Oko after uh, exploring with Uro. Yep. I don't know it yet, but the game is actually <laughs> over. Like, so let's let's, yeah. let's review just in case people aren't familiar because Earthcraft has been banned since since literally like the dawn of the format. It's a one and a green enchantment. Tap an untapped creature you control. Untapped target basic land. Um, why is that? Why is that banned? Uh, why is this card nest. banned? Yeah, squirrel nest, is, squirrel the nest is too good. Uh, oh, sure, that's but the like obvious thing. that's like an extremely. This is like it was banned before Ghost Order banned. was printed. Yeah. So like now we have like a de facto strip mine in the format. If in that fairness. were to become like a major deck, Ghost Quarter just becomes really good, right? Yeah, but nobody's running Ghost Quarter. Like, and you also can Pithy Needle Earthcraft. That wasn't a card when it was banned. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, Earthcraft to me, it's stupid that it's. I, in my opinion, Wild. the only reason it's still banned is uh, if I remember correctly, it's reserve list. Like, that's it. Mm. I mean, let's just ban the whole reserve list. Let's talk about that. Later. I know. Uh, I, don't get me wrong. <laughs> that's, that's a stupid reason why it's still banned. Yeah. But to me, that's the James, reason why it's still banned. This podcast is pro banning ponder, <laughs> and you want us to try and take on the platform of ban the reserve list. <laughs> How many listens did you get this week? Well, everybody's uh, listen lasted about 15 minutes in. Yeah. And we said ban every reserve list card, and then they all turned us and off. they all turned it off, yeah. Our average listen time was 17 minutes this week. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's uh, Earthcraft has no business being on the ban list, in yeah. my opinion. Okay, cool. To we the, are to... we are in unanimous consent on our per- perception of the format, so. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I let's so Watsy, and I know Watsy's listening. Yeah, uh, let's get that EI ban drafted and get that out, <laughs> and then we'll talk about Merktide or DRC later. The thing is, to me, you could just take whatever the ban announcement was for why they banned EI and yep. Pioneer. People have copy, done it. Paste, put it in a legacy. <laughs> People did it. Yeah, like, they just hey, we banned this for the exact same reasons we banned it in uh, Pioneer, and we're gonna ban it in Modern. Yep, like. I just think I to me the I think they should like they... quote retweet their their rationale <laughs> for not banning other things uh last right. time and then just write LOL JK and that's <laughs> that's just the end of the ban rationale just yeah, kidding just like, we were very wrong <laughs> yeah. how tone deaf can you guys be yeah <laughs> Do we do we finish the top eight of this? Yes, energy? I think we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yep. yeah, yep. it was Delver, 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 yep. Delver. It was all plus, Delvers all the way down. Plus a couple Delvers. Okay. Well, the good news is uh, we're already an hour and a half in, but we've done basically most of our third topic discussion in the middle of Legacy. Right. So let's 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 do modern this week. Uh, looking at it, I do have what you doing the challenge from the thirty first. Well, we've got a challenge, and we have what looks like a ten k. This well, card that was the monster. energy main, right? The energy main. Event is that what modern, it was? I think. Yeah, because it's not labeled as, as an energy event. But this was in wasn't the energy event in Chicago? Yes. Yeah, this one's saying this was in Knoxville. Yeah, this says Knoxville. Is oh, interesting. A, is Card there another monster. one? Either, okay. Yeah, there is a on uh, July 30th. There was an NRG 10K. There's for also modern NRG too. 10K in modern. So yeah, there was a lot of modern ha- this weekend. It's a big no modern. Kidding. It's a big modern season. Uh, let's since we did NRG for Legacy a little bit. Let's let's take a look at the NRG 10K. Okay. Uh, just to keep things a little apples to apples, and we do like I do like looking at paper tournaments, and I also like it when we look at like high stakes tournaments. Um, one... Yeah, I think I think NRG had uh, more attendees, and I certainly think more of the higher end grinders were there. So I think this is the better event to cover too. Yeah, there is one thing, one last thing I want to say about Legacy. Uh, the card Maddening Hex is seeing very real play. Yeah. It's not on Moto yet. Uh, that card's legit. It's oh, in a bunch of yeah. sideboards and whatnot. Uh, keep an eye out for that when it hits Moto. That's going to be a very real player in the format. It's, yeah. it's that, and it's also Minskin Boo, Timeless Heroes, the Planeswalker from Commander Legends. Um, yep. And that, that one the, actually uh... enables Maverick, Naya Maverick to be like a real player, and it's just not a deck that's able to be online. It's a deck with a very good matchup against Delver. And, and it's very frustrating. We have these, these metagames are starting to really fork. Um, because we just don't have Maddening Hex, which is a Delver cyborg card, by the way, but I think is also usable against them. Um, it's very good against Delver. Yeah, yeah so I, I I hope we get those soon. Um, I still think a ban is warranted, but 
Um, I love Maddening Hex, man. That card is that card is so much. It's genuinely very fun to play with. Like rolling a d6 every time your opponent casts a non-creature spell is just like, what's gonna happen? So, <laughs> so much fun. In yeah. case the listeners never heard of this card, because yeah. it's not really relevant on online play and it's sure. relatively new, it was printed in Adventures of the Forgotten Realms Commander. Uh, it's one red red for an enchantment or a curse. You enchant player. Whenever enchanted player casts a non-creature spell, roll a d6. Maddening Hex deals damage to that player equal to the result. Then attach Maddening Hex to another one of your opponents. Yeah. Uh, chosen at random, but there's only one opponent in a 1v1. So yep. basically every time your opponent casts anything non-creature, they take 1 to 6 damage on average 3.5. Yeah. Yep. But um, the cool, th- the cool thing is one-sided. every now and then it domes them for 6. Right. <laughs> and, it's and, and it's one-sided, right? So like... Yeah, it's... I mean, it, you're you're playing lightning bolt in a deck. That's nine potentially nine damage of reach. Yep. I mean, there's and, and you there's can't pl- pyroblast it. Uh, you can't pyroblast it's pretty it. hard to, plumbing... to prismatic ending it. You got to pay three. Um, it, it's it's very difficult to answer in general. And like even if you cast prismatic ending, like you're probably gonna take some like three and a half yep. damage to cast it. So you know, it's I might be able to get there. One of those things, like you can stick it and really fight for it. That's like one of those like. Yeah, I mean, when that's you, effectively a game-ending threat. Yeah, that's when a you land will, this, you can throw everything at protecting it because your opponent just has almost zero chance of winning the game if they can't remove it. I'm actually they surprised have a we don't see more of it in the mono-red prison lists um, because it's it seems like, I mean, it is a prison card. I mean, why, why I would not? guess I would guess it's very hard to cast off Ancient Tomb. It, yeah, it but you also have you also have well. a, you're a blood moon deck, so you turn your own tombs into mountains, and then you have spirit guides and chromoxes. So I, I think you you have the you have the red capacity. Um, if you're listening out there, mono red prison players, please test this card because I'm interested to see <laughs> how it would do in that archetype. Yeah, are these expensive yet? Should we be stocking up? Should we spec on these? Uh, they're fifteen uh, yes. bucks already. They are oh, already geez. fifteen bucks. Well, um, basically, no one played the Baldur's Gate Commander yeah. set because it fucking sucked. Yeah. And meanwhile, we have a Legacy Stable printed in it. You already staple. missed the boat on it. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh well. I'll put that up with Ledger Shredder cards. Well, I'll never own. <laughs> that's why you just play green. They don't print good green cards anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> when was the last time we saw a good elf? Elvish Reclaimer. That's it. That was. I mean, two or three years ago, um, they did print. They did print uncountable one pretty recently. Allosaurus Shepherd, which completely Again, flipped the Chalice co- of the Void deck. That <laughs> was a couple years ago. That's what I'm few, talking about. It was a few years like, ago. I'm not saying they never get them, but like, it's not in the realm of like, well, there's a new Modern Horizon set, so we're gonna print five yeah. busted yeah. blue red cards. <laughs> I would like to see right. an elf printed in. If if we're gonna if we're gonna go, please make Legolas. A dope card, so that we can actually like see have Legolas and like modern elves and like have a modern elf deck. Like I, I like it when elves is in, is in the meta. It's kind of fun. Even as an eight cast player, I hate that elves is in the meta because yeah. it's like a ninety ten matchup in favor of elves. But I have this is love elves. Gotta, this gotta is a good them. question. So Matt, what do you what would you rather have? Would you rather have elves be playable in modern or have modern be free from all this bullshit? Uh, I would rather have modern not have the shenanigans. Uh, If I had to pick between the two, my thing, what I would love to see would be an Elvish Visionary that does something other than just being 1-1. I think that'd be cool. Uh, Or like a Llanowar Elf that's a little better. Like a 2-1 Llanowar Elf, I think would be something. Like if we're just, as, as far as like without just like completely overhauling the format or the decks, just take some of the cards like we're running the same shit that was printed in fucking alpha and like make it a little better that i'd love to see something like that um 
as far with an elf the etbs and overruns would be cool okay like not necessarily three three but like uh a three mana all your elves get plus two plus two and trample, trample. until end of turn would be awesome something like that something to finish games out yeah because like currently you have a zuri or yeah it's a zuri yeah uh, as far as modern goes where like he's three mana and then you still have to pay to overrun yeah uh just an etb uh you want, you i personally want think baby... glimpse of nature should be unbanned in modern you um, want a baby crater hoof yeah an, an, an elf related crater hoof <laughs> would be cool so like you can tutor it you can it gets all the bonuses and whatnot Cast uh, stuff cavern. like that you, yeah stuff like yeah. that I There's think no that would cavern go a long in way. modern. I is would there? Also, Wirewood Symbiote needs to be reprinted. Cavern Souls a, is definitely a, a modern. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think it was. Yeah, yeah they played an amulet. Yeah, they do. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, Wirewood. We definitely need Wirewood Symbiote in uh, modern. I, that mm. was a big whiff. We got Quarian Ranger. We need Wirewood Symbiote. Yeah. Uh, and like, like I said, unbanned glimpse. It sucks that like the block before modern, the modern cutoff was like the elf block yep yeah there's <laughs> you got it was legions if i remember uh, correctly yes yeah, the onslaught block yeah onslaught yeah onslaught block. Scourge. yeah uh just a ton of fucking elves yeah yep jake you're gonna sit here and uh, listen to us talk about elves it's not that it's just we're a three hour a week <laughs> yep we sure are <laughs> <laughs> so what's next on the docket for us here let's move yeah, so we still have to do modern we're, we're talking about modern we're talking about modern all right so elves. so we're talking about the te- energy 10k right so who's who yeah. won uh four <laughs> color we got fucking, uh, Zach now we got jameson driving us forward <laughs> <laughs> well somebody's got to steer this fucking ship <laughs> somebody's got to keep so... this fucking train on the rails <laughs> so my plan is let's do 20 it's great to have a professional on the podcast <laughs> let's do 25 minutes ish on modern we'll wrap it up and we'll go into our patreon content yeah. cool cool so First place, Zach Dubin brought it home with four-color Blink Yorion list. He did. Uh, look, looking at this, this is the the complete other end of the spectrum we talk about every week. 17 creatures, 20 spells, all eight planeswalkers, only two ephemerate, but mm-hmm. or sorry, only two ephemerate and only one Eladomri's call. So and four expressive iteration and four yeah. expressive iteration. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see this deck move so far to the other side, where usually you see a lot of creatures and then like maybe high on ephemerates, or you'll see low number of creatures but high on Eladomri's calls because you're just tutoring out the creatures you need. This one's definitely gone way more controlling with like March of Otherworldly Light, Prismatic Ending, yeah. Counterspell stuff like that. It's just leaning into just, the, going a little bit bigger than the four color mirror. Yeah. Yeah, and and just yeah, having the having the control, have and then having the the finishings, yeah. the finishings. Sure. So something I've uh, noticed, um, well, something I noticed at the one modern RCQ. I'm not like a professional, not like an expert or anything, but the one modern RCQ I did go to featured several former pros. Uh, it was won by Jerry Thompson, um, a friend of mine, Josh Warsaw, top top forward, I, I believe, with a four color Yorian list. Something I've noticed is that the the really really good players. Uh, love four color Yorion, and so I, it's hard for yep. me to tell to say that this is like the best deck in the format, or if it's just the best players in the format are playing it. Um, but it I is think, a very very solid deck, and it's a hard deck to attack. I think it's one of those decks that it's like uh, it's kind of like Delver in Legacy, where you get to make the most choices, mm-hmm. and when you give a very good Magic player the chance to make more choices, they often find lines that win the game. If yeah. that makes sense, like yes. you get to do, you get to do a lot more with this deck. You have a lot more um, avenues to attack your opponent with. Like you said, it's a lot harder to attack them, and that just gives good players the ability to outplay their opponents uh, more often. Yeah, 
Uh, and this is this one doesn't play any copies of. There's a couple variants of this deck. This one does not play any copies of uh, Traverse the Ulvenwald, which is uh, a different variant of this deck. Um, it does play Emrakul the Promised End in the sideboard. That is a common occurrence um, because why not? When you have your yeah. like grindy like mid range deck that just happens to put abundant growths in the in the graveyard. Uh -huh. um, yeah, it's it's so it's a little less graveyard dependent than the Traverse decks. Um, so this is just sort of a very fair mid-range four color i'm just gonna two for one you with every spell that i cast yep um, you get lots of value yeah it's just non-stop value and the format doesn't have um a really good answer to that um and and i think if this card is a pro if this deck is a problem which i don't think that the, I, th I don't think mid-range decks can by definition be a problem in a metagame uh, I think they are by definition fair and uh, attackable. Um, however, if you decide this this deck is bannable, it's it's Yorian. It is uh, having the companion is just makes this deck so consistent. That is really the glue that holds the whole thing together. Um, if this was a sixty card deck, it would not be nearly as consistent. Yeah, but what keeps and like that's we talked about this on the podcast, like this whole Yorion thing, how it's made so many, it's shown us how playable 80 card decks can be. Like yeah. if they ban Yorion, why don't you just run this with 80 cards? Like you're losing out on a couple times in the late game when you'll be able to cast Yorion and flicker for heavy value. But like the deck is really strong. The deck doesn't need Yorion. I don't think to, to be the powerhouse it is. And I think if you ban Yorion, I think you see, well, I don't know, like, like or magic might implode on itself and everyone might just revert back to 60s but it'd be cool to see if people kept it like 75 lists or 70 <laughs> <be> lists <laughs> i don't think that's correct i i think it's optimal to play 60 not 61 i'm sorry i'm sorry billy billy's a big 61 card special uh person always has been i am not a 61 card person i think it affects your 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 mana cuts and and if you play a 61st card, let it be a land, because like otherwise it's just going to throw off all your mana draws. I, I really think 60 is optimal, but... Um, 80, it, on the other hand. <laughs> 80 is... But the difference between 60 and 80 is overcome by the consistency granted by having access to a 4-5 dragon that blinks all of your cantrip under the battlefield stuff. Every game. That's uh, fair. Always have that card. And Yorian can also pitch to Solitude in a pinch... Right, like it can pitch to, I mean, it can pitch to, force of will and legacy. Um, it's not not nearly a problem in legacy. I don't think it's a problem in modern. My personal opinion is, I think this card is fine. But if you were to ban something, it would be Yorian a hundred percent. I think Yorian in these decks is best at paying three to have solitude pitch available. I, I, that's fair. I, but I mean, you also have, if you could, if you can, if you told me that I could trade one for one with all of my opponent's cards until. We are both completely out of cards, and then I get to put a four-five into my hand. That's I'm going to win that game of Magic, and especially when that four-five draws me three cards. Yeah, you know it, yeah, it, that's true. It can happen. I, yeah. I, I, it can happen. I think, I think the number of games that matters is less than ten percent. Sure, but that ten percent is it could be all you need. Tack though. that that's on fair. top of what your win percentage normally would be with that deck, and then that is now what the win percentage of this deck is. So, like, if you're talking about a 10% swing. Uh, I mean, this is just made up numbers, but like, if you're talking about that much of a difference, remember that that is over what the win percentage normally yeah. would be. I'm not saying you win 10% more games because of Yorion. I'm saying that only 10% of games would Yorion match. Yeah, but I, I, I think that that 
but it's very, that, if it only that, adds that amount 4%, is enough I mean, to push this deck to be in the top tier versus if you Yorian was banned I don't know if a 60 col 60 card four color mid-range deck would be a meta deck yeah that's yeah in my in my example I guess I'm probably thinking like maybe you get like a four ish five percent boost but that's yeah. still and that's if you're boosting from 55 percent to 59 percent or yeah, you know that that is that is quite significant. So Definitely. You're well, I mean, right. if you're talking about your win rate, fifty, it's what typically speaking, fifty three to fifty six percent is when decks get banned. Yeah. So yeah, so, if, you're, yeah. if you can right. take a, 50, a deck that wins fifty percent of the time and add five more percent onto it, now yeah. you're approaching a bannable deck. I personally, yeah. I agree with you in what cards should go at least initially, for different reasons. Uh, I think the companions as a whole need to go. It's a horrible mechanic in my opinion. Uh, I'm on board with that. So like, <laughs> yeah. If if it needs to go like the first card in any in my opinion in any deck that becomes what we would call broken or bannable if it has a companion the companion should be the first thing that goes yes like just yeah. as a default whether or not it's the best card and we end up still having to ban another card I'm fine with that the companion shouldn't exist mm -hmm. uh, I'd be fine if they literally just added every single one of them to the ban list in every single format yeah I'm uh, fine with just ban, ban all the companions and let's just like pretend that never happened. Right. I'm also okay with that, yeah. Because, again, it's one of those things where what we're talking about, like, kind of like mind twist, only not necessarily with the gameplay thing, where it's like, they're almost always either a problem or they do completely nothing. Yeah. Like, Yorion is riding the line more than, say, like, Luris or the thing that broke uh, Basalt Monolith, but, like, it's still clearly I mean, the, a pretty big advantage. Like, there's, there are, like, seven other, eight other companions legal in yeah. modern. You see one of them sometimes. You see Kahira. Yeah, Jingatha. Jingatha. I guess you see, yeah. You see sometimes Kahira. You see sometimes Jingatha. That's yeah. kind of it. The other ones yeah. just do nothing. Well, the other thing and, is, like, Jigantha is a good example. Like, Jigantha is played in, uh, like, is it decks in Pioneer uh, because it's free? Like, yeah. just because, like, you take one sideboard slot and I have a 5-5 five five that I can cast. And, like, that's yeah, just, really like... enable anything. That's just not a healthy card to have in a format. Like, it just a free 5-5. Five, like, that's all the only reason they play it. Um, mm -hmm. And Phoenix could do it if they didn't play Temporal Trespass, but that card is way better than Gigantha. So, like, they don't play that card. But they could if they wanted to. And that's... Mm -hmm. I don't like that at all. Uh, and I, I just think that that whole, that whole mechanic was just a mess. The nerf was not enough. I think just get get it out of here. Just <laughs> I agree. Erase uh, it from existence. Every now and then, I just want to be like, hey, Mar like tweet at him, be like, hey, remember when you said this? How looking back, we'd feel good about companions, like we do some of the other shit that players <laughs> <like> hated. <laughs> it's like, nope, still hate it, but it's fucking yeah. bullshit. <laughs> it's just proof they'll say whatever they have to to get out of just the fire. Packs. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. Anywho, <laughs> okay. So what else no, is we in have the top eight here? We have Amulet Titan hey. second. <laughs> Second place, Amulet Titan. Uh, take a look at this list. I haven't seen a whole lot of innovation in Amulet Titan lately. We've talked with uh, Emperor quite a bit on the Discord and whatnot on like these like Slayer Stronghold and there's some land that like flips on the back, but it's like that's like a land that like combos another land that yeah. does a thing. I can't remember what it is, but for whatever it, this is a Slayer Stronghold list. Uh, this is Slayer Stronghold and Sun, and Sun Home Fortress. So getting your uh, Getting your six six to a ten ten with double strike to turn to ETVs. I I don't play Titan. I've never played it. Titan is a very complicated deck to play like perfectly, but I think this is the kind of Titan I like to see. Uh, because these Titan lists that are dedicated to like winning when you like resolving your six mana creature and then you just win the game. 
that's what you should be trying to do, I think. Because I've seen Titan lists that, I guess, you can resolve Titan and not win. Yeah. Like, there are there are still combo decks in the format. There are there's still good removal. There's still ways to not just lose the game. Yeah. When your opponent gets Titan. And so if I'm going to dedicate, I mean, if I'm going to a summoner's packed for a Titan and then play three bounce lands and make a bunch of mana, I want to just win this game now. Beyond that, I don't see anything in here that's not like what I would expect. There's relic of, relic of progenitus popping up. I know we were talking about it in the context <laughs> of Legacy, but it's still around in modern. Hey. <laughs> Just gotta fucking prove me wrong. <laughs> Stupid Jack Potter just had to prove me wrong. No, I, well, I mean, it's just totally different formats yeah, what I you're know. attacking with. I mean, Relic of the Relic of Progenitus is a fantastic card. Yeah. It just doesn't necessarily attack the legacy metagame in the same way some of the other cards do. Yeah. So Well, this is one of those where it's again it's a saga deck, right? And so it's searchable with saga, so you can play one, and this deck doesn't really care about its graveyard too much, so it's I mean, that's the one that just blows it all out. So yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, while cantriping as well. Yeah, yeah. The I, one thing I really like about it. what happened to this deck is that like they have Besage you, so like they can Titan for Besage you in a bounce land and then bounce Besage you to their hand. <laughs> wow, nice. I didn't think about that line. That's a yeah. really good line. <laughs> That's a good play. Yeah, yeah. Besage you was such a big pickup for this deck. Uh, Besage is just like, a great card in general. I I, I really yeah. I really like that design. I, people were worried about it, but I'm like a removal spell like almost again by definition can't really be broken like when's the last time a removal spell was banned from a format like never the Um, only one i think even comes close is prismatic ending i think it rides that line in legacy not necessarily because not necessarily because i it's broken per se but because of the way it attacks the metagame uh for a while i mean Mm. red prison was just completely knocked out of the format yeah and so you have this like house of cards built where like each deck is attacking each deck and like keeping them all in check. And then you have prismatic ending knocking out one of the best matchups for blue red Delver. And now blue red Delver is a problem. So uh, red prison then has to get some other cards in order to like claw its way back into relevance. So like it's not necessarily bannable on a power level kind of thing, but it's one of those where like in specific context, I I'm not a fan like, Prismatic ending is about as good as a removal spell should ever get, hmm. um, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's like, just it's, it's like so that flexible. should be the peak. It's very sure. flexible. It's all in. It uh, is at least even on mana. It, no, yeah, never you never get a mana advantage out of it, right. which is very good. So, but yeah. that's that's the only one that's even just to kind of back up your point. Like that's the only one that, in my opinion, even comes close. Yeah. Um, and I still don't think it's bannable currently it's just that's the only one i would ever watch for because i'm 100 percent with you like by definition removal spells are almost it's almost impossible unless it just like you know swords of plows shares mixed with ancestral recall (laughs) right unless it's doing something like that don't give don't give morrow any ideas right well what it'll be it'll be swords to plowshares but since it's white your opponent will draw three cards (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right But if they control more lands than you, you'll get to put one into your hand. No, you'll get a planes. <laughs> a planes into your yeah. hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. So well, what else we new, got? Like, we have four color elementals. Uh, this is, this that is the, more like card. the traverse list I was talking about um, that I've yep. seen a few people playing. Uh, it's, so it's Yorian again, Omnath again, but this one has, does this have Risen Reef? Yeah, it's got Risen it Reef does. and Traverse the Elvenwald. Much more, much more elemental tribal lists. Yeah, uh, Emrakul in the main for whatever for whatever that matters, and three ephemerates. So much more ephemerate heavy, much more ETB heavy, and elemental synergy heavy. Yeah, and yeah, the Traverse Evenwald. And this a... one doesn't have any counterspells. So like this deck can either play counterspell or it doesn't play counterspell. It's, it's interesting that there's some, some variations there. 
Um, that I, th I mean, this is a fundamentally quite, I mean, like, not fundamentally different, but substantially different deck from the other one mm -hmm. we looked at that, that had yeah. four counterspells in it. This doesn't have any. I think as you start you start creeping up on higher creature counts, you start trying to really abuse your Risen Reef. Like, you're never wanting to, like, have Risen Reef out and then, like, passing turn with mana untapped. You want to be getting as yeah. much value out of that Reef as possible, yeah. and that's going to be... Holding up mana for counterspell is not it's, it's doing... Just, it goes against what your Risen Reef is trying to do. So, yeah, yeah. if you're, if you're going to have cards that fight each other, pick which, pick which one is better and keep it and ditch the other. And if they yeah. this player, they chose Risen Reef. Yeah. Fourth? Um, Fourth. Fourth place, is it Murktide? So, yeah, Delver, but in modern. Hey, look. <laughs> There's this card called Expressive Iteration. Have you heard about it? No. <laughs> this looks almost... I mean, it's, the, the numbers are a little tweaked. We only have, like, three DRC, three Murktide, two Ledger Strider. The numbers of the creatures are a little tweaked. But, like, the overall count of creatures is about the same. Yeah. The count of spells is about the same we see every week. And almost the exact same spells, too. This like, is, I think... Uh, this is very, very similar to uh, a decklist Gabriel Nassif played. Uh, and he, I, think, I believe he won a tournament with it. Um, well, it makes sense then, if because yeah, if Nasif can, yeah. or if Nasif shows up with a list, you know it's going to be everywhere. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong copying uh, either Nasif or uh, Andrea Mangucci. Those, those guys yep. know what they're doing, and they're very, very good at playing Murktide. So just copy their list, and that's where you start. <laughs> yeah, it's a good place to. It's a good place to start. Yeah. Net decking is 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 okay now, guys. It's fine. Point if of you, trivia: It's the only deck in the top four without Emrakul in it. <laughs> Net decking was always okay. Yep, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Fifth place, Azorius Control. This is the list I want to buy but can't afford because I don't want to buy... Oh, this doesn't even run Five Fairy. Well, most of them run Five Fairy, and I'm too cheap to buy Five Fairy. But So we get to run, we actually do get a Kihira list, and this is a pretty big shift from what we've usually seen with Azorius Control because you have three Subtlety in the main now. Subtlety was not something we saw very often. Called Subtlety. Yep. I, I bought mine for like six bucks a piece, and now they're up to like, they're like, like 10, 11. Yeah. So three solitude is a big pickup. Uh, the four solitude was always there. This was almost always a Kahira deck because when you run four solitude as your only creatures, you might as well run Kahira because it's just a three mana three two inside. Yeah, it's, it's just a free card. It's a free three. And it does make your solitudes into four threes. And, right. and it makes your solitude settles into four fours or four threes, and that is relevant. Yeah, that's a legitimate effect. Yeah. Subtlety being a four four means it's bolt proof, right? I mean, that's well, that's not, that's not nothing. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's actually that's actually very huge. Um, and then. You do have Days Undoing in these lists, so you run four Narsets as your basically your anti-draw, mm. which has some relevance. You don't have nearly as much cantripping in Modern as Legacy, obviously. Right. So oh, you don't well, get yeah, as much. There's no like, brainstorm, right? I mean, like that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> brainstorm, no ponder. Like you just you don't get nearly as much like incidental hate. Like in yeah. Legacy, like you could slam Narset into most decks and it's going to do work, but in this deck, you're really getting the work done with your two Days Undoings, which is it's kind of funny to see that like that popped up in Legacy. And everyone said it's it's probably bad, but it does good enough that it keeps showing up, so that it it bled over into modern. Where they're like, I guess it's good enough, and it is. Yeah, having having been hit with a Narset Days Undoing, it's pretty painful. Well, in the Narset, oh, one of hurts. the things to keep in mind: those elemental decks decks draw cards like a fucking madman, right? Yeah, because they're like ETBing all That's the true. time, and that assuming Narset can live, yeah, she does a good job shutting off their bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it really will slow them down. You do have a couple decks that do a lot of draw. They are churning through their deck. Uh, Enchantress would be another great one. It's not You don't build your deck for Enchantress, but it's a great example of a deck yeah. that does draw a lot of cards in Modern. Yeah, but again, and then, we come back to EI gets around a card like Narset, where like yes. Narset yep. might be the fun police of the format, but the main card advantage engine just ignores there. It just yeah. puts it into your hand. Just yeah. another reason why that card should fucking go. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you do have 10 Planeswalkers, so you have... 
uh, four of the three fairy, the fairy time raveler, two Jace, which Jace is probably wrong. Um, I don't think Jace. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, it, modern just feels too fast for Jace these days. Like I think you're better off with a Wandering Emperor or a Five Fairy in that spot. Now, this yeah. is a paper list, and when you get into paper lists, you do get into those like, well, it's what I had. I wasn't gonna spend a hundred bucks yeah. on whatever. I, I, there's but, a Jace in, in my Merktide sideboard, and I hate him. Like I just don't. Wanna I say play, I, I don't want to board that card yeah. ever. If I'm I, playing blue white, I would rather play the Wandering Emperor 100. percent Yep. I really have a. I I almost never feels good to play a Jace. Or the games it feels good to play Jace are the games I was super yeah, ahead in anyway. Yeah, you're probably gonna win anyways. Yeah. And like the games where I'm like in a rough spot, Jace yeah. just doesn't solve the problems I need him to solve anymore. Right. Yeah. It's wild yeah. that like Jace the Mind Sculptor, which was banned in Modern for a long stretch of time, and mm-hmm. people were ridiculed for saying he should come off the banned list. Uh, is now like not quite good enough. <laughs> yeah, we, we're all sitting here being like, "Are you really playing Chase the Mind Sculptor? Yeah, like, who who plays Chase the Mind Sculptor in 2022?" Yeah. Uh, so last week we talked about, I think it was last week, how uh, Cascade kind of went a little crazy. It was last week or two weeks ago. Three Chalice in the main. Yeah. Now it's relevant yeah. for paper. Uh, Cascade is usually a lot more played in paper than online because it's a little. I think it's a, a bit more fun in paper because you get to do a lot of things. Like you get to like flip your deck manually, and it's more fun to do, and you get to make your tokens or whatnot. But mm-hmm. I think last week Living End kind of swamped up, so I'm not surprised to see Chalice is in the main because. Yeah, I think like you don't. I think Chalice and and also Rhinos, right? Like it's also very good against Rhinos. Yeah, um, Crash, uh, Crashcade and Living End. Yeah, and then you also, like, you can just play Chalice on one against, like, Burn, which, which like, nukes half their Burn spells. And irrelevant, Burn is, again, Burn, and, Burn's one of those, you see a lot more Burn in paper than online, because it's, yeah. like, it's what people have, it's cheap, it's very accessible. So. It's good against four color. Yeah, I don't think, right? I don't I don't think... Um, it is decent against Merktide as well. Yeah. Like, it's... I mean, you don't think, think of the can't yeah. they don't have the cantrips, but like DRC, Ragavan, those are both one drops. Consider <laughs> Lightning Bolt, Spell Pierce. The, on big, with, with, the biggest difference between Burn and Modern and Burn and Legacy is that in Modern, your opponent's mana base is on your side. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think. You, you, oh, cool! You fetch shocked. Great. Yeah. Thanks for the Lightning. Yeah, bolt. your opponent's gonna bolt themselves twice. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially if they're a Death Shadow player, right? And then that's a interesting matchup because then it's like okay do i want to leave you at five and let you have like these eight eight uh-huh. death shadows yeah it's i have uh we talked to we got to talk to jordan actually and we we spent like half an hour 20 minutes talking about like the the position you're in when you're playing uh because death shadow was huge at the time Crixus shadow versus burn and like it's a tough matchup it's yeah everyone thinks it's it's like both players think it's they're they're in they're in favor and everyone thinks it'd be a buy for you know obviously burn just sweeps that and it's actually very complicated Ooh. because one of as a as a former burn player actually it was one of my side decks um when i years ago um what i can tell you is one of the major weaknesses of any burn deck is enormous creatures <laughs> so like yep. if you are running into enormous mid-range creatures you're probably going to lose and so death shadow straddles that line where like my life total needs to be low however I'm going to have a giant creature that's going to just crush your face, yep. and that might kill you too. So the yeah. match is probably going to go fast, but it's a balancing act. You can get very quickly out of like you can get your um, your death shadows big enough they're not bolt bait anymore, right. but you also keep yourself out of just dying to a bolt or whatever, yeah. and you can just beat your opponent to death. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you throw up a four four against uh, or Anything. two four fours against burn and. 
like what are you gonna do yeah. it shuts off every single one of your creatures and now they're at nine yep unless they just draw really really well so <laughs> you sit there you block for days or whatever build up the perfect hand dump your life total when it matters yep and swing and kill them like among other things them um, but yeah it's that's a tricky matchup anyway we were talking about azorius control <laughs> Uh, one thing I want to note about this deck list is very interesting. He has a transformational sideboard. Love a transformational sideboard. Yep, bringing in... So we've got Cauldra, Batterskull, and four Stoneforge yeah. Mystics. So pivots, uh, pivots to uh, Stoneblade. Stoneblade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just turns into a Stoneblade deck postboard. Love a good transformational sideboard. That's great. They're almost never good, but they're always fun to see. I know. <laughs> I do. Well, I... What's interesting is they're usually you usually see them in linear decks where like game plan A is I'm gonna kill you with X Combo, cards usually. and then like yep. you're gonna bring in hate for X cards, so I'm gonna pivot to being something else. Yep. When and I this, was, when I was this, we're just on... like pivoting to being mid range from being control. Yeah. Yep. I was right. when I when I during Oko I played uh, my favorite deck was World Gorger Dragon Combo that oh, pivoted yeah. into a Sultai Oko deck and it was. The best feeling ever to be like <laughs> go into game two, yeah. whatever. Your ley line of the voids are useless. Yeah, mold a five, slam a ley line. It's like, uh, yeah, cool, astrolabe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sixth place is a kind of cool amulet titan list. So we do have the amulet titan stuff, but we pick up a uh, hydroid crisis. I guess I, I thought there was. I guess I guess there's only one. There's, oh, they're, they're in the side. I, I thought I thought three. There's two in the side, but one in the main. So Hydrate Crace is a what really is, interesting. What, what what's Hydrate Crace? What's this deck list? This guy's got S Sakura Tri Builder. Yep. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen. Um, I have seen lists with Steve, but I guess I haven't seen him in. A, I mean, I don't see him very often. But interesting. like, I, I have seen lists with Steve. The Crasis I've never seen before. Uh, you have Inferno Titan in the side. Uh, you have more Hydrate Crasis in the side. This is definitely a different take on a, yeah. a, a more mid-rangey, slower take on primetime. Yeah, this isn't the slam primetime and win. Yeah. This is create a shit ton of fucking mana. Yeah. 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 Inferno Titan More steady ramp. Nice. Another Emrakul. Another Emrakul, yep. Well, you're saying is there's only one deck without Emrakul in it? In the top four, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, definitely. I say definitely a cool take on it. Like some some interesting design decisions to play a bit of a slower game plan, and clearly it worked. Yeah. One island in the side. Is that what it is? You have one island? <laughs> I didn't even see that. He does have an island in the side. What? So it, that's so uh, that's I that's gotta be there for um, Blood Moon Blood Moon decks, so yeah. that yeah. you can cast your. So you're probably bringing your crisis in. You're probably bringing your um you bring in your crises and you bring in your island so that you can. Uh, still be drawing cards and like effectively playing the game. Interesting. Why? Do and then you've got Steve to find it out. Uh, so, maybe to okay. Hang on. We have got forest. So well, there's with no forest. Way here's the thing with forest. The mountains from Blood Moon and an island. We can put explosives on three. Oh, oh that's also go. a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Yeah, you get to yeah you get you have access to three colors. You have access to the entire deck still. Yeah. And yeah, you do get to explosives. Interesting. But yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a cool list to see. Yeah. Seventh place, a is it Merktide list again? Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, nothing much to say here. All right, Special Federation and Merktide He's Region got three are pretty good Archmage's cards. Charm instead of fucking yeah, one. Yeah, it's like again, yeah. almost same spell suite, almost same creature suite. Yeah. Almost the same land suite. Subtlety in the side. Uh, I'm never gonna stop bringing that up. He's yep. got one more Ledger Shredder. 
the tech, the hidden tech of three ledger shards. Yeah, he's not playing. He's not playing yes. serum visions. He's not playing spell snare. Uh, yeah. anyway in yeah. eighth place yeah. if you've been listening for a while you, you will just be like yeah it's Delver again who fucking uh-huh. cares yep. next is it Merc died yep it's like we had to do that for two formats yeah it's kind of ridiculous eighth place wrapping it up is a uh, Yog- Golgari Yogmoth. so this list running for what's relevant Blood Artist and Giroff's Messenger getting spicy with two win cons in the main and then after that, don't this see looks almost identical to anything a... new or innovative yeah. in this. It's pretty and, box and standard, yeah. Sideboard doesn't even Just look doing anything special either. Yeah, this is Yogmoth. This is, yep, Yogmoth combo. And clearly seeing, so we we, we don't see any uh, any Cascade combo in the top eight or sixteen. I don't think so. Uh... Clearly. We have clearly yes. the, and I was going to say graveyard but taking hate. the slot of the cascade is Murfolk. Murfolk yeah. 15. Clearly, uh, graveyard hate showed up to play this two, week. One, two, three, four. Well, that's Vivian combo. Should we count that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the top sixteen is four color blink. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not counting the Vivian combo. That's a, that's a creativity deck. So, yeah, like, yeah. So seven of the top sixteen are four color Yorian. This is what I'm saying is like. <laughs> You will see it at the top tables. You will see the best players in the room playing it. Yep. Uh, I don't know that it's the best deck in the format, but the best players are playing it. And if, I mean, if you it, can afford it, because it is a money pile yeah. for a modern deck. Um, yeah, almost two grand. It's probably the best deck in the format. And I would, yeah. I would copy Zach Dubin's list. Zach, uh, copy. Zach took his ninety-five from uh, Mason Clark on Twitter. Who, well, Magic player. Extraordinaire Magic Mason Clark, who also provided the 95 to the four color blink deck that won the last NRG. Um, so I would go ahead and copy that deck yeah. list. <laughs> Doing some stuff really right over there. Yeah, I think they have solved the four color question. Yeah, speaking of four color, so metagame summary uh, four color, five color Omnath, 15%, 41 decks total. We get to have the whole, like, yeah, the, the album, everybody. 15% of the meta. So only 15% of the meta, what, we have three in the top eight? Yeah. No, and two in the top, in the top eight 16, and a nine. Yeah, but yeah seven, seven in the top 16. Like, almost half of the top 16, yeah. only 15% of the meta. That's like, you start seeing the cream kind of rise to the top. Yeah. A decent chunk of that is probably, like you said, the best players are playing it, and that yep. definitely is like, that helps. But yeah. it's also, obviously, a very, very strong deck. 12.5% Murktide Regent, uh, a solid 6% Burn, which is kind of cool to see Burn be the third most played deck, like... Burn it definitely isn't like tier one meta anymore with Luris being gone, but it's still something you have got to be very prepared for, especially for these paper tournaments. Yeah. Or as uh, I can tell, the top burn was 45th, unless I missed one. Rough. Merfolk. It's just not converting. Merfolk is, is better positioned. This is, this is one of those questions. Like as as we enter into, uh, as we we go back into the paper competitive magic being a thing again, um, we have like it's things we need to remind ourselves of like two-day tournaments and stuff where you have eight nine rounds of swiss that should influence your deck choice if you're going to pick a deck like burn the problem you have like if i if i was going to go to an eight an eight round tournament i don't know that i would play eight cast because to be honest with you i think at some point i'm going to run victim to my draws i'm gonna draw poorly probably two or three times in that eight (laughs) rounds and no matter how good my matchups are i'm probably not going to make the top eight cut um and i feel like burn is in that in that realm of like every now and then you just rip the land when you needed to rip 
any burn Anything. spell and yeah. you just don't and then you're just dead and so the conversion percent is low and compared especially compared to omnath like we said like it ascends to 50 percent of the top 16 uh out of 15 percent of the meta mm-hmm. that's a yeah, that's, wild conversion percentage that is a huge huge ratio yeah and if you're looking at the top eight you got one loss it's seven one and one that's everybody's records yeah mm. so like you as burn can you tell me over eight rounds you're not going to get mana fuck twice yep that's yeah or uh, like you said draw land instead of a lightning bolt yeah yeah. That, yeah you'd have and that that that's just that like your deck has when your deck has slightly like less decisions you have less options in your game and your deck that's your deck starts beating you yeah, unfortunately you lower velocity you draw fewer cards i mean like when you don't when you don't get to cast cards like brainstorm your deck is a lot less you know or consistent. expressive iteration expressive <laughs> iteration and and abundant growth and ice yeah. quaddle and you just see all your other you cantors. just see less of your deck yeah yep. uh wrapping this up we got Hammer Time, Blue Living End, Amulet Titan, Crashing Footfalls, all of those right around 5%. And then we're down to 4s and 3s. So like Yawgmoth at 3%, Death Shadow, Archon of Cruelty, or 4-Color. Uh, that's not Archon of Cruelty. That's um, the Creativity that? deck, right? Yeah, yeah. 4-Color yeah. Creativity, Jund. Now we're like 3s yeah. and 2s. Uh, most played cards. Lightning Bolt, Mistress Bobble, Counterspell, Special Iteration, Unholy Heat. No. I, it, it's in fairness shocking it's not all MH2 <laughs> yeah, like that's the creature that's list. the creature list with Solitude <laughs> Ragavan Endurance Omnath and Fury yeah followed up by Ice Fang Coatl Shardless Agent Merktide Subtlety <laughs> yep like eight of the top ten subtlety cre- in the yeah, top cracking the top ten of played creatures well, that's, you that's heard crazy. it here first folks yeah, if you fucking listen I talked about subtlety nobody was calling subtlety nobody being called subtlety Except this guy. Yep. That card's you great. Card's great. Oh, I, you, know, you know what's you know what's something about subtlety that I noticed is like playing it in my in my Merktide sideboard is like I am very highly interested in that casting that card for its face value. Like yep. paying four That's for a what three, I was three that just like Aether gusts your Teferi or whatever or Omnath or whatever, and then I get to untap with my three three flyer. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's that's basically what I was saying. I was like just the card itself it's a four, it's a 3/3 three, three flyer for uh with flash for four mana is pushing it as far as like being not necessarily a tournament playable card but that's like on curve so yeah. you got it's a 3/3 three, three with two very relevant keywords right yeah so we're solid there then it also has the etb then it also has the evoke like i think the problem people had with subtlety is they were comparing it to endurance and fury mm. and, solitude and solitude going yeah. where they're going like these cards are clearly probably pushing like riding the line of broken yeah yeah. whereas subtlety is just the worst of the four most five most broken card or uh creatures in the set you know what i mean like i i think it's it just people missed it because they're looking at other shit um but subtlety is fantastic in my opinion that's right where i would like to see them where they're all playable like fury and solitude and are probably a little too good, but whatever. Possibly. The whole set is a little too good. So yeah, clearly, because four of them are in the top ten played creatures in the format. Yeah, yep. that's what I mean. Like, that's the, wild. <laughs> but it's hard to... Like, I also... I, I'm like... I, I don't want to shit on Solitude because it's in the same set as Merktide and Ragavan. <laughs> so it's like yeah. there's ten creatures in Modern Horizons 2 that are just bullshit from top to bottom. Yep. But So it was very easy to miss subtlety. Um. But yeah, it's slowly clawing its, it's way back into the numbers. Yeah, I gave you uh, advice. Just, you bought these, I didn't. When you look at these metagame analyses, like it's hard not to get like really, really tilted about like 
how much of a, a mistake the modern horizon sets for. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like it's, they, really man <laughs> we've introduced rotation into some of these like not eternal formats but this is like a non-rotating format and it rotates now yeah, yeah. all right top spells lightning bolt mr double counter spell expressive iteration ha unholy heat we're done we're done <laughs> we've done the metagame analysis <laughs> let's wrap this show <laughs> Uh, as it's been we go, awesome, Jameson, like you're. It has great. been fun. It has been a lot of fun. So, as I, do you want to? I'll do my plug. Do you want to do your plugs first? Anything else you want to shout out before we wrap it up? Yeah, a couple things. I want to shout out Legacy Pit uh, on Twitch uh, and on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook, etc., etc., etc. The Legacy Pit run by Travis Parsley is great, dude. Um, cult leader. Uh, we stream th- uh, Thursdays and Saturdays uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, you can catch us on Twitch at the Legacy Pit. Um, uh, you can, uh, we are also, uh, we have the Legacy Pit Open coming up, which is going to be uh, October 1st and 2nd in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it's going to be Legacy Main Event 20K um, with uh, modern and vintage side events. We have a modern 5K on Sunday and a vintage 2K on Sunday as well. Uh, I think there's also a modern 1K on Saturday. Um, as That's going to be a great time. I actually haven't booked my uh, hotel room yet. I need to book my hotel room. Um and uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, if you guys are interested in my terrible takes on various subjects, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at like the underscore whiskey. Um, and from there, you can find all my various other links. Gotcha. Well, I mean, if they like questionable takes on magic, you're going to find them here. Well, I mean, they're, yeah, they're listening they're to us right listening. now. So you've got a huge fan base. To yeah. Draw see, from. this is why I came here, man. These, this is, yep. these are my people. This is my target yeah. audience. We had case in point. <laughs> you listen to our podcast, don't you? <laughs> Uh, I want to give a final shout out one more time to our patrons Emperor, Ramblin' Rogue, Derek, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate everything you do to help us. Shout out to the Plain Soccer's Podcast, like I said before, Monday and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard at Plain Soccer's Podcast, or it's twitch.tv forward slash Plain Soccer's Podcast, and the Discord I said earlier. Uh, watch their content, hop in the Discord, chat with us. You know, we'd love to see you there, and we'd love to talk about anything magic. If you want to email us, you can email us at, at cantripcartel.com. Or sorry, it's cantripcartel at gmail.com. You can Twitter follow us at cantripcartel. You can hit us up on Instagram at cantripcartel. And we even have a Facebook group. It's also cantripcartel. Matt, Jameson, did I forget anything? No, sir. No. Uh, check us out on patreon.com slash forward slash cantripcartel. It's about the only one. And then that's it. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Have a nice night, guys. See ya. This episode's too long. We're not doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Drinking match, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting ale, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms of Sophia some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers scrounge the sylvan libraries, where the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus, shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thousands and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the Cantrip Cartel.